Yo, this is Conan. You're listening to World of Wrestling Podcast with Tax and Rich. Boom. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the World of Wrestling Podcast. My name is Rich, and as always, I'm joined by my good buddy, Tax Williams. Hello, everybody. I think I should probably start this pod by apologizing in advance for those uh, enjoying headphones, probably a bit louder there at work. I have somewhat of a, um, a chest infection. So um, if I cough in your ears, I can only apologize, but I'm I'm here. The content is going to be great. What a, and, and also, to be fair, it doesn't matter, rain or shine, sickness or in health, my podcast husband, I cannot turn you down. <laughs> Hetero life, mate. <laughs> Hetero life, mate. Can we get t-shirts for that when we go to Blink? Yeah, I'm in. Sounds good. Uh, uh, Blink yeah, on dude. A2 coming back. That's, uh, that's a real be- bonus for the day. But I said, there's going to be a generation gap in our... Li- well, who am I kidding? Most of our listeners are our age. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, like, uh, yeah, Mark is uh, invited Tom back into the fold, it feels. And so there was definitely an element of seeing that lineup and being like, oh, this is a last chance attempt, right? We've got to go, haven't we? Yeah, definitely. I mean, to be honest, the number of times I booked tickets other than... Um... <laughs> oh, it's begun. Sorry, listen, other it's, than, um, it's just dying slowly, it's fine. Other than sort of 2000 when I saw them at the Astoria, um, when they had a full lineup, I think I had tickets to see Blink three times and they cancelled every single time because Tom DeLong either got hurt or something happened. Yeah, I'm very much expecting it to get cancelled. But <laughs> we're going to oh, buy yeah. tickets anyway. 100%. We're going to cross our fingers and hope for the best because exactly. the O2 is practically the best venue in the entire world for us because it's just up the road. It's great. Yeah, love an hour drive down. Perfect. Although, ultra low emission zone now. That's not great. Yeah, it's all right. My, my little polo gets through it free. It's fine. Ah, uh, see. <laughs> what we really need is people to head into Christmas and purchase T-shirts or hoodies from Amazon.co.uk. Search World Wrestling <laughs> Podcast so we can buy a Tesla. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not buying a fucking Tesla. I don't want a Twitter mobile. Anyway, so I can doing... tweet as I drive. <laughs> so I, I probably should say we were going to do this in person because it's WrestleMania. But obviously tax is ill and we want to keep the podcast going as much as we can. So we're doing it remotely, but we're still going to sing the WrestleMania song. Right. So we're doing WF WrestleMania 13. Are you ready, Tax Williams? Hang on. Two secs. Let me drink a sip of water so I don't splutter the word. <laughs> She's oh, that's good. H2O. The Medulla Oblongata. H2O. Gatorade. <laughs> Let's roll. Well, 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 we'll just attempt it, and then yep. like it will be massively out of sync because we did it remotely. But fuck it, right? Ready? Three, mm-hmm. two, one. Whoa, whoa, whoa. WrestleMania, WrestleMania. <laughs> and this is our lives. Pump it up, pump it up, pump it up. Let's go, <laughs> fucking WrestleMania, lads. Love right, a WrestleMania. Uh, Isn't it amazing now how excited we are for WrestleMania next year? Mania might be good. I am actually excited for it um yeah like wrestling is just generally quite fun like bray coming back and everything like it's 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 good AEW's a bit shit but like it has its good bits as well oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's it's gone full tna yeah sure so i i don't know about you but i was super excited for this show um we know we've been leading into it for a long time now and i remember you saying a few times you didn't remember it as being your favorite wrestlemania no Um, no but as as I went to watch it, I started watching the intro and such. I, I was absolutely certain suddenly that I had never seen this show before. Oh, really? I've seen the Bret Austin match because of the infamy of that match. Never seen anything else in the show ever. Is there a reason? <laughs> um, well, it predates my starting to watch 
Like, I kind of started watch at the end of 97 as a teenager or whatever. Um, well, yeah, I was 11, I think. Yeah, I've written it down. So this pay-per-view was the 23rd of March, 1997, WrestleMania 13. Heat, apparently. Even though none of the branding says heat on it anywhere. Have you noticed this? No, didn't notice it at all. Really weird. Apparently, it's like tagline is just heat. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Maybe that's just cage match fucking up. Who knows? But uh, this event was seven days for my 11th birthday. So a few months before your 13th, I guess it would have been. Yeah, would have been a few months yeah. after. There we Who were in our after. bedrooms, furiously masturbating every day. <laughs> Living the impossible dream. Nothing's <laughs> changed 25 years later. Sure, sure. When's your birthday? Uh, next Tuesday. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> Write down note. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Friends, birthday, must remember next Tuesday. Why, why are you buying the Blink tickets if it's your birthday next week? Shouldn't I be doing that? Because I would assume that when the tickets go on sale at 10 a.m., you might be asleep because it's been AEW the night before. I start work at 10 a.m. every day. I'll have you know, sir. <laughs> exactly. But if you're well, held up in traffic or yeah, something urgent coming. If you're like- listening to this, I definitely start at 10 a.m. every day. <laughs> <laughs> okay. On, 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 tax. <laughs> yeah. I hear you. I mean, yep. You'll get by at 10. Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> no I problem do. at all. Uh, how was New do. Japan, by the way, with the rest of Talk Boys? Uh, New Japan was an absolute laugh. It was a lot of fun. Um, took me six and a half hours to get there. Oh, fucking hell. Crystal Palace all the way. <sighs> mm, I, I promise not to rant about it on the show to myself, but just to say, whoever closed the roads in the entire southeast of England on one day deserves fucking shooting. But, you know, stupid fucking Tory government. <laughs> Word line. This is basic trustonomics. Yeah, yeah Absolutely. What, what a country we live in, tax. It is amazing. Uh, so anyway, um, yeah, but once I got there... I thought there was an Owen country. Nope. I, <laughs> uh, I arrived at the venue. Thank God Crystal Palace has tons of parking, so it was really easy to park. It wasn't easy to get there, but it was easy to park. And uh, I, I looked at my phone and had a text from Laurie that just said, could you uh, pick up two beers on your way in? And I was like, you fucking cunt. <laughs> I drove all this way. You've been tracking me on Google Maps the whole way. And as I arrived, I got a text being like, grab us a couple of beers, would you? <laughs> like, you fucking piece of shit. So anyway, uh, I went to the bar, grabbed a couple of beers. Uh, basically, it was um, we had like 10 of us there. Um, there was like a like uh, a, la- a staircase in between the two sets of us, basically. Right. And so on the right hand side, it was just me, Ollie, and Laurie sitting together, and it was an absolute pleasure just to kind of banter off about wrestling between them because obviously we're all Brit rest guys, and Laurie's going up and down the country filming for British promotions. I'm not exactly sure I'm allowed to say for who projects. Yet, yeah yeah i had to see one of their big shows that was on fight this week <laughs> anyway uh still not sure i'm exactly allowed to say that publicly but no one really listens to our podcast not, so, not yeah, worth I, risking I, it not worth risking oh it. i was i was just about to but no. you're a good friend you stop worth risking it <laughs> uh but the new japan show was um a fairly straightforward event i think oh, it's a Pro show to put it yeah, there was a lot more New Japan guys than there have been on those shows in the past, which are very Rev Pro oriented. But we had an absolutely lovely time uh, bantering off. And on my way out, uh, I know you're not an OSW podcast fan, but I'm a massive fan of their podcast. It's humongous. Um, as I'm walking out, fucking Jay from OSW, Old School Wrestling Review, is just kind of hanging by the entrance. Obviously, he's put out a post or something saying, I will, I'm at this event. I will say hello to you on your way out type thing. 
And so I'm just walking out in the crowd of people by myself, you know, on my lonesome on the way home. I'm like, fucking, it's Jay from OSW. <laughs> <laughs> it was just really nice to shake his hand and be like oh thanks for all the content man because oh, nice. i think without osw you probably wouldn't have this podcast because i never would have suggested it i'm not entirely sure you would have things like wrestle talk and what culture and cultaholic either like they're a massive influence on all of us so yeah really important oh, nice brilliant. To guy. and he was oh. very very lovely and came all the way from ireland for that fucking show so yeah bloody hell man. that's commitment yeah. And fair play to Andy Q. You know, I know. Um, I know. Sometimes we joke, "Oh, it's a classic Rev Pro show," but yeah. you know, Andy Q does a good job getting these talents over, booking these shows. I guarantee, mm. if he could get who he wants for the money he wants to pay, it you'd get bigger names. But for what they had, I mean, review of the first night. I know you guys went to the second night, but yeah, um, Aussie Open versus FTR sounded like it blew the roof off. Yeah, I, I keep everyone that was there that was there the night before I spoke to, which is quite a few people said you know seven stars greatest match they've ever seen greatest match live they've ever seen um and a lot of people were saying that online as well kind of looking up things because obviously you're interested i wish we could have gone on the saturday but we had other stuff on um yeah everyone was saying it was just one of the greatest matches ever and like um even dax and cash had been posting saying you know i don't think we're ever going to have a better match than this and such which is astonishing thing for a tag team of their level to say that this is their what would you put it this is their um this is their masterpiece. Yeah, that's the simplest way to put it, for sure. I was thinking of some posh, like Sonata or something, but I don't know. <laughs> so can I ask yeah. a, a typical question? So like you mentioned, <clears throat> like you saw the guy from OSW and you went and shook hmm. his hand. Yeah. Were um, Ollie and Laurie spotted in the crowd? So, were they bothered by too many people? Or were they all right? So, so I missed the first match because it took me so long to get there. Um, obviously, Brit Rest started a bit late, so that's always helpful. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I turned up and they were already in their seats and that was in the back row. So it's not like there was anyone kind of around them or in behind them or whatever to be like, oh, Laurie, Ollie, whoever, you know. Um, so I don't know, to be honest, mate. I don't think so. Maybe they had a few bits here and there, but oh, nice. they're very modest people. So they never really say anything or boast about it in any way. Like, no, I think they're it's almost sort embarrassed of thing by it, you know. That, you know, because they are personalities in British wrestling. So sure. they're going out to go and see stuff. And, you know, I, 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 I'm sure we've spoken about it before. And I think you want a much... Uh, a much higher level than me but i remember all the times into doing like band stuff or even the wrestling stuff mm. i used to hate meet and greets i used to hate it when people would come up to me i remember there was a, like a save target as show and someone was came up to me so can i have a picture and i was like i'm just trying to make my pasta pot and then i want to go and have a poo <laughs> can you just can you just leave me alone sure sure uh, but obviously uh, i was polite I said yeah of course but it's like i hate it it's it's amazing that you know i wear gold pants when i wrestle but I genuinely, genuinely hate attention. I hate people coming up to me because it's like, hey, man, congratulations. Like, you're, you're coming and asking for a photograph of someone who's wrestled in front of 120 people. And this <laughs> is like your thing. And I'd, I'd, and I'd always do it. And it would always be really like humbling. Like you'd have these kids come up and like, can I have a pitch with you? I remember the last show I wrestled for Lockhorn Wrestling when they were in Minster. I played in the Blood Bowl tournament and just rocked up. I was managing Coach Wicked. And it was the interval because I was just leaving. So I was like, yeah, fuck this promotion. I'm gone. Um, <laughs> but before I left, like a couple of parents ran out with their kids and like, oh, we thought you were great. Could our boys have a photograph with you? And I was like, um, all I did was beat the shit out of chaos outside the <laughs> ringings, kick him stiffly in his ribs seven times, which is quite fun. Um, but yeah, I, I, don't, I don't like it. So I don't know how those, as I said, those guys come across very, very humble and they wouldn't like 
big legal push people away if people came up and like oh man can I have a picture they wouldn't turn around and go no fuck off trying to watch wrestling <laughs> no, they'd all, they'd always, they seem not. to be like the guys who'd always um, oblige and be very kind about it but it's the sort of thing like you know the amount of views the wrestle talk stuff gets they're, they're, mm-hmm. they're well known chaps so yeah sure so the plan was that we were going to arrive early meet in a pub down the road have a few rock up to the venue watch the show bugger off whatever um so i know that uh, looking at the group text of people that were going to that show that when they turned up to the pub there was a bunch of people in there that bought them all drinks <laughs> that was nice oh that's nice uh, the benefits of infamy or fame or however you want to put it you know so um i know that was went well and there were nice people and obviously they had nice chats and things but the rest of the show i think they were pretty much left alone to be honest as far as i'm aware and before we move back um, to mania for yeah. your performing days and your band days What's the best freebie you were ever given? Best freebie? Um, probably food of some sort. Um, I remember the forum used to kind of go all out with food sometimes. Like we'd get like big pasta plates and things like that. Like there was that venue in Maidstone that always used to give you free pasta, but it was fucking awful every time. I remember Ooh, that. Was that the one upstairs above um, like what was the pizza or Chicago Rock Cafe? Yeah. And I remember vividly like Ross was on a diet. And he took only two sausages from the thing we were given. And every time he'd eat a sausage, we put another one on his plate without him realizing. And he'd be like, where are all these sausages coming from? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, shit like that is great, fans. How about yourself? I mean, it's interesting. Like you mentioned that venue and the one in Maystone. And the best thing was um, the, uh, Zoe Sparkle was the lady who ran that yeah. at the time when we were doing gigs there. And mm, she said, hey, we guys, we've got you guys some food. And I said to her, <laughs> because she worked at... Um, at the software house I worked with at the time. She was doing right. like reception work. And I said to her, I was like, Zoe, I'm not eating that shit. <laughs> and she was like, okay, what do you want to do? I said, there's a really nice like, Moroccan restaurant down the road. Do you want to go and buy me a paella? <laughs> Joking about it. And I went no and sat way. down and I was like, I'm not touching that shit. And then she came back half an hour later and was like, here's your paella. I was like, Fuck what? What a diva. <laughs> she's looking for that promotional work mate you know in fairness that was one of those wonderful gigs we're like yeah loading at 5 p.m sound check at six oh brilliant what's our stage time half midnight yeah we had one of those because i was in the fucking headliner band all the time we went on to like three and i was like fucking bullshit (laughs) that venue died when they um they accidentally bought booked some um a christmas party for some less uh less than nice human beings let's say are you trying to say pikeys or racists? No, Which one? no, definitely racists. Oh, okay, nice. How racist? <laughs> I want to know now. <laughs> um, certain like tattoos on their reasons? arms, a specific oh. type of haircut. All oh, right, that lot. Yeah, fucking hell. Okay, hmm, good stuff. Anyway, so WrestleMania 13 tax. That's a weird segue. Vincent Man's a racist. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> You're from Nigeria, Apollo. <laughs> Here, have a spear. Don't throw it at anyone, whatever you do. <laughs> Fucking I don't know, man. there's a spear, there's a sword. Vincent mm. Man's going for his weapon fetish. He's like, hmm, where's the Sigmar weapons? <laughs> so, this show has a cold open, so I'm going to play it. Here you go. It's traditionally the grandest night in the World Wrestling Federation. WrestleMania, the great spectacle, the granddaddy of sports entertainment. A magical night where dreams become reality, where legends stand immortal, where incredible feats of athleticism are indelibly etched in the annals of time. 
But this year, a tempest engulfs Utopia. This year, clouds of hatred and anger have eclipsed the heavens, shed darkness upon the gods. We've watched as our heroes step down from their pedestals, witnessed malicious attacks by a depraved nation, beheld the dark, disturbing flashes from a once benevolent force. Tonight, three determined men unite to wage war against an evil nation. Their battleground, the cold, unforgiving streets of Chicago. Tonight, two giants appear willing to shed their noble armor, to embrace their dark sides, to possess the coveted gold. And tonight, two angry young men destined to destroy each other will endure intolerable pain in a brutal submission match. It's WrestleMania, the showcase of the immortals, the greatest night in sports entertainment. It's supposed to be a night of celebration, a time to rejoice. But tonight, none of these men are smiling. And now, WrestleMania 13. What the fuck's Shawn Michaels doing in the opener? <laughs> he's on this fucking card. He lost his smile. Conveniently well, found it again, prick. We know he's doing commentary. Oh, it just fucking blows my mind. Mm. You can tell throughout the show the more involvement, and it's not the first time Sean gets mentioned until he's uh, rocking up for commentary later. Fuck me. Sure. He's not on the card. Stop billing him on the card. They do love a bit of Sean, even though like you know, he's lost his smile and everything else. We know he's coming back. Well, the thing was, hopefully I'll be back in a few months. But yeah, who knows? So just go over the details of this. It's the 23rd of March, 1997, WF WrestleMania, pay-per-view from the Rosemont, Rosemont Horizon in Rosemont, Illinois, USA, which Vince refers to as Suburban Chicago, <laughs> which is an interesting use of terminology. Had he just watched Suburban Commando and got confused? Uh, maybe so, man. I mean, it's the right time period, isn't it? I think. I love. Uh, I think Suburban Commando was uh, like ninety-five, possibly. Yeah, with the Undertaker guesting in it with his head through a toilet seat. Uh, this is a movie you've seen that I have not seen. Don't waste your time. There you go. Oh, and last so, night before my wife went to the hospital, we watched Twenty One Jump Street again. Oh, nice. That's not right, movie. I always enjoy my favourite part of um, the of the movie. I was like, hey, stop messing with Korean Jesus. He's not got time for your problems. He's busy with Korean shit. Oh, Ice Cube. Good work. <laughs> I love that you think I remember anything from that movie because you've seen it twice. <laughs> oh, no, no. I, I, I've seen it more than twice. <laughs> this and Baywatch with The Rock in it, they're like on constant I rotation. Mean, I want to question you so much about why you wouldn't broaden your horizons a little bit and see any other movie apart oh, from 21 Jump I will tell you. I will, I, will t- I will tell you this. So... <laughs> Basically, okay. so like, for example, as horrible as this sounds, my child, despite being five and a half, will without fail always wake up before six in the morning. Mm-hmm. I will then get her to school. I will then start work early because I have to kind of do the school pickup. So obviously the joys of flexible working. By the time I get her to sleep around half past seven, if I want to sit down and watch a three hour movie, I will fall asleep after 12 minutes of a movie. And I just don't think it's overly a good use of my time to basically spend 12 minutes, fall asleep in front of a movie, if I wake up half an hour into it and go, oh, fuck, I, I'd never end up watching it. This logic is bemusing. Oh, no, like, genuinely. <laughs> like, like, I understand, right? But you know there is, like, thousands of movies that aren't three hours long, right? Yeah, they're two hours long. 
there's a vast majority of them which had 90 minutes, which is probably the length of 21 Jump Street. Can't believe it didn't win an Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> You're not feeling great, so I'm not going to berate you about it. Hey, I've watched Gremlins. So, you have indeed. A banger of a movie. In fairness, um, like, on, on a movie standpoint, I joke and I say I've not watched many. I don't think I've watched many cult classics, but I, I, <laughs> I like comedy movies, and basically they're all the same. Sure. And Wedding Crashers, what a banger. I mean, there's a certain middle-of-the-roadness to the movies you enjoy, which is fine. <laughs> there's not a problem with that. Like, it's it's perfectly fine. Again, but like, great quotes. Wedding Crashers, uh, shit, sluts. Amazing. Yeah, yeah, without context, not in the slightest bit funny. <laughs> but because you're laughing at it now, it is funny, because there's no context. <laughs> because of the lack of context. <laughs> like, I've seen that movie. I've watched it and gone, yeah, I was all right. And then, like, two seconds later, I don't remember a single fucking thing about it. <laughs> it's that kind of consumption for me in terms of those movies. Oh, yeah. They're like, all the same. They're love... all very, very much forgettable unless you watch them, like, 28 times. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Maybe it's just my wish to be, like, um, Jonah Hill's, like, my stunt double. I love Jonah Hill. What a great bloke, man. great wrestler. Yeah. Not great wrestler, great actor. Let's go back to wrestling. 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 Okay. So 18,197 for a WrestleMania. That's the attendance. It's it's not a big number. Tiny number, but then they're not doing big mm. they're not doing big numbers at this time anyway. Can you yeah. um let me quickly check what the number was for WrestleMania twelve? Um did you do sure. so we're eighteen thousand. Yeah, we're eighteen thousand eight hundred and fifty three at Mania twelve for the Iron Man. So about the same, yeah. yeah. So we're, we're, for pay-per-views in general, we go from about 3,000 up to about 18,000. Like it genuinely does fluctuate that much. I should yeah, say all so for example, the next, the next pay-per-view is an in-your-house and they do an 11,500 gate. Yeah. And then after that, they do <coughs> a 15,000 gate. So okay. it fluctuates quite a lot. Sure. Uh, so you know how every week we talk about the pay-per-view buy rate? This one did yeah. a 0.77. I tried looking up what a 0.77 was. And do you know what I realized looking at the Google results? What? Literally, it's impossible to work out what that means. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and secondly, the only business where anyone gives a flying fuck about the pay-per-view buy rate is pro wrestling. Like, I put in how many people is a 0.7 pay-per-view buy rate? And every single result was about pro wrestling. <laughs> it's unbelievable to me. At least AEW concerns themselves with the gates yeah sure but you'd think that like boxing mma i don't know music venues or something would have like you know pay-per-view buy rate not like noted down somewhere but it does seem to be an exclusively wrestling thing and i think it comes from the monday night wars with wcw and wf were going up against each other and they use this as like a measurement for who was the better show almost and uh, yeah, it seems like no one else gives a fuck. It's really interesting. It's ridiculous. But hey, mm. 0.77 buy rate, that must be good or bad. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Isn't that less than what TNA were doing for their weekly shows? I mean, metrics have probably changed. Yeah, that's the thing. I don't know what 0.7 means. Like, what sort of measurement is that? It's did a 0.7 million ratio I'm go research percentage. This. <laughs> like, I, I've I'm tried. I'm going to DM to Russo or Bischoff <laughs> and go, hey guys, <laughs> can you explain me what a pay-per-view buy rate is? I was so determined to come here and be like, so that's roughly around 15 million people or something like that. But I could not work it out. for. I spent like an hour on this. Could not work it out for love nor money. So there we go. I'll DM Russo Uh, as he follows me on Twitter. (laughs) Does he really? Yeah. Vince Russo follows you on Twitter. Vince Russo. 
Why does Vince Russo follow you on Twitter? Yeah, he follows me. One of 6,000 people he follows. But yeah, Vince Russo follows me on Twitter. Interesting. Did but you I don't get followed first? by John Cena like everyone else in the world seems to be followed by John Cena. I'm not followed by John Cena. I'd love to be followed by John Cena. Do you follow John Cena? I, I'm pretty certain I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Probably a good start. <laughs> coach Wicked's followed by John Cena. Okay, but I mean, he's a wrestling coach. That kind of makes sense, right? Matt Terry's followed by John Cena. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> I'm quite selective about how many people are uh, followers I have. I uh, people I follow. I've only got like 551. So why would I have John Cena? <laughs> uh, I like. But speaking selective. of Russo, this is the first Russo mania since he's been on is the writing team. Interesting. I didn't know that. Well, there it's, you go. Uh, shit, isn't it? <laughs> what, 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 what this mania? Yeah. I mean, fuck me. Like the, the my favorite thing of this mania is you've got the main event build, you've got the Austin Brett build. Great. You've got the Ahmed Johnson versus Farouk build, which then I went Farouk was like, I'm not working a singles with him. Yeah. And then everything else is pretty much filler. I mean, I think uh-huh. they teased Triple H and Gold Dust, because obviously of their feud and China's been knocking around. We've had Ken Shamrock rock around, but why are Owen and Bulldog wrestling Mankind and Vader? I know they had a singles last week on Raw, but <laughs> what's the point? Yep. And the amount of bullshit finishes on this show is astonishing to me. Welcome it's to the Russo era. It's fucking WrestleMania. Who's booking this shit? Vince Russo, that's why, yeah. But, you know, at least there was something on the free-for-all. Was there? Oh, yeah. It was Billy Gunn. I don't wrestling. know if I noted down. Flash! Funk! Both Funkette Tracy and yeah. Funkette Nadine. I mean, I didn't know that they had names. I just assumed they were the Funkadactyls of some sort. But like, huh. um, yeah, it's it's interesting that Billy Gunn had the whole segment with Ken Shamrock. And now he's getting a single match with Flash Funk prior to WrestleMania. It does feel like they see something in Billy Gunn and they're like, oh, here's our next single star. Yeah, I mean, but th- this is the thing, like you said, what's what's it got for him? He's he's trying to call out Kenny Shamrock, and he's left left with nothing. So yeah. he's he's on the. I suppose you know it does a point seven seven buy rate. So a lot of eyes would have been on the free for all. I guess probably. Yeah, yeah he knows the granddaddy of sports entertainment, the showcase of the immortals. Stargate ninety six. <laughs> going into this. I was genuinely, ex- genuinely excited to see Brett and Austin again. Um, I, again, I don't think I've seen this whole pay-per-view. And um, I was quite disappointed by when you cut into the arena. You get a bit of, you know, spooty spoot that spooty pyro. Like, really a minimal amount. And then a couple of pops and bangs above the ring for the WrestleMania, you know? And then we get a purple WrestleMania entranceway. The normal ring with the red, white, and blue ropes and... That's it, folks. It's like it does feel that Vince is absolutely skint and they're just putting in the bare minimum they can to make this feel special. Do you know how much it is to have those charges to make the glass smash? I don't know because, I mean, that's later, but there is a, a thing where Austin walks through the glass and it goes Psh! before yeah. he does. And we've got the um, the spooty Sid. Yeah, that's but that's that's all the stuff they have on Raw. Like not the not the Austin thing, but like you know, Brett gets his little poppy pyro. Sean gets his in ring stuff. Sid gets his sign that drops down. You know, Mark Murray didn't even get his spooty version of Sid's version. 
Mark Merrow wasn't even uh, Mark Merrow wasn't even on the card. Exactly, tax. <laughs> <laughs> so, so this is why, like, when we go into this, and we'll, we'll get started on the um, the four way elimination in a second. There's six matches on this card, four mm. of which have no build. Well, three of which have no build. I, I I could argue the only one match actually has a proper build to it. Nation Maybe of Domination, two. isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> like that's the thing they've been building the most. I would say Brett has been in incidents with Austin, but really they've kind of done that now and they're leading into Sean, but Sean's fucked them, so they've had to do the Austin thing. I should also point works. out I've realised I've been a moron to seven match card, eight of you include the pre show, not six. Good thing yeah, I've left that profession. Yeah, it's fine, man. I, I, I'm not counting. I don't think anyone is. It's all good. Well, some kind of will be like, oh, he said six when it was seven. I'm like, who gives a fuck? It's wrestling. You listen to this, um, tweet me and say, you're a moron. You said six, not seven. <laughs> At the Tax Williams. Um, so the proper WrestleMania music is playing. Thank God. Uh, cameras panning across the crowds of packed out fans. Vince welcomes us to the show. Welcome, everybody, to WrestleMania 13. Welcome to the jam-packed, sold-out Rosemont Horizon in suburban Chicago. <laughs> suddenly it's like, ah, oh. oh, silly, isn't it? Just ridiculous. But, you know, Vince McMahon, and as you said, like the hype video, I, cool. I was into it. When I when yeah. I when when this came on, I was like, oh, no, I've shit on this mania for a long time. Am I about to eat my words? Sure. They do a really good job of not just putting over one match because I don't think there is really a match to focus on at this point. They kind of put over the whole card. They try and really emphasize the bits of the stories that make sense for these matches, even if they weren't exactly how they were told historically. There's a lot of retelling of history in these video packages tonight, but it, it it's uh, effective in what it needs to do. Not as much retelling as triple h and mr perfect smashing each other with that that <laughs> flight case or steve yeah. austin and bret hart appearing in the the raw feed with the bleeding that we see tonight in last week's monday night raw yeah interesting that wasn't it <laughs> Read you, time, tra- time traveling editors that's what it was um uh, when they're panning over the crowd and everyone's got their signs up it feels like a very attitude era crowd right um uh for me I definitely started to see more and more Austin 316 signs and variations on that. So people had like, you know, Brett 316 or Goldust, I want your 316 or something like that or Austin something Austin or whatever, you know. But it does seem that this crowd is definitely invested in Austin more than they have been six months ago. Very much so. They're ready. They're ready to make a star. Yeah. Is there anything else you kind of really noticed during this opening that I missed? Like um, signs in the crowd, who's over the most, who got the big pops or whatever? I can't find it in my notes, but there was a very offensive sign about Sable. But I'll see if I can find it. I can't can't find it. Sit on my face, Sable or something. That was pretty much it. Yeah. There was a few of those. (laughs) And there's lots of just like, you know. I don't know. Bill Goldberg is a gay. <laughs> Things like that. And you're like, why, why? Why would you write that like that? There's no need for this. I mean, maybe he was curious at the time. Like, um, yeah, sure. Ica this, per- <laughs> this person knows he was there. He's experienced it. Just letting the world in on this uh, incident, you know. Uh, the PlayStation blimp is also here. It's Dan Helsen's blimp. But- yeah. Uh, also, Hugo and Carlos are here to do Spanish commentary tonight. <laughs> 
Burrito. Burrito. <laughs> Cue the awful copyright-free uh, overlaid music on the network for the Godwins. What they should have had would have been. Are you up for singing it? Don't go messing with a country boy, country boy, country boy. Don't go messing with a country boy, country, country boy. Why have they overdubbed this song? Surely they own the rights to that. I mean, can, I wonder if it's owned by Jimmy Hart. Oh, could be, yeah. But this is proper generic. It's it's fucking terrible. I've been married long time ago. Where did you come from? Where did you go? The Godwins are here. The worst part is they've taken not like, you know, 30 seconds of crowd noise and looped it to have the background as it feels live. They've taken about, what, two seconds of audio and just looped it. So it goes, red, 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 red. As you listen to this music, and I'm like, this is such a shit way to start a WrestleMania. That's Fucking how country singer Blake Shelton starts one of his songs. Red, 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 <laughs> red, 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 neck. I'll let you in on a secret. For this show that I edited this week, uh, for a quite major british wrestling promotion sure there was a big fuck up live where someone forgot to play the right music for the person that came out and i guarantee if you go back and watch that show now you will not be able to fucking tell that that's the case because i'm a fucking good editor i'm not as good as wwe's editors <laughs> how can they not get this right <laughs> i look forward to when you manage to migrate from wrestle talk to nxt europe Mate, there was a real thing of like finishing that show and a real sense of achievement because I learned how to do 3D modeling over 24 hours, which was interesting um, because it was a request from the the client, which, you know, Brit rest, last minute, et cetera, et cetera. So I stayed up for 24 hours and learned how to use 3D software, which I'd never done before. Um, and I kind of got to the end of the show and I was so hyper-focused on getting this right and making sure it was done in time because Fight needed it 24 hours before we thought they needed it. Oh, Jesus. And so my six-day turnaround after a delay getting the footage to me and then the fight going, oh, no, we need it on Wednesday rather than Thursday, <laughs> turned into a 48-hour turnaround. And it was like, fuck me, okay, this is not good. It was like three days in the end, I think it was, so 36. But whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, but I yeah, have to man, say, was- wonderful work there. That was a proper clang. Oh, yeah, fight needed it from me. <laughs> clang <laughs> oh sorry <laughs> i'm just talking openly. i love it I'm, no genuinely right. i talk i talk Do way I, too you, openly i'm very aware you showed me the intro the first run of the intro mm. and genuinely not the one i ended up using by the way genuinely you should be so proud of what you do mate like the quality oh, of thanks. work nice that you contribute and like you said there's this major brit rest promotion can thank you for the wrestler not having incorrect music for walkout on their major fight tv day debut sure your work did that anyone else would have done that it would have i mean i dread to think if i'd been editing yeah, there that was, there was all, it was so funny how they've obviously these people the the clients the promoters whatever have dealt with you know fairly amateur editors and production over the years because there was lots of conversation of like oh could you use like a picture in picture promo and could you do this and could you do this and i was like no no i'll just fix the audio don't worry boys <laughs> it's okay <laughs> but it was definitely sorry the thing you were talking about with like nxt uk europe or whatever i got to the end of the show and like they signed it off and i was almost yes. disappointed because i was so hyper focused on just getting this right and doing this edit properly and so there was this, suddenly this realization of like Whoa, if I get to do more of this, I'm going to have a hell of a portfolio to be able to send to like NXT or oh, 100%. Tony Khan. 100%. And I get an offer and go to Ollie and be like, Tony Khan offered me this much money. <laughs> Can you match it? <laughs> you know? But I do have to punch CM Punk. 
Is that okay? Oh, I wouldn't mind knocking that motherfucker out recently. Like, oh, well, Mike Jackson did it, Don't or whatever worry. the name of that Just MMA chap who fought him. Yeah, exactly. So, opening match. It took us a long ramble to get there, didn't it? But we got there. <laughs> Don't worry, there aren't many notes for this four-way elimination tag match. When you said uh, four-way elimination tag match, did you mean entire pay-per-view? Because I think I've got three pages, maybe? <laughs> I mean, it's... Basically, this is going to be... We're filled with 40 minutes so far. We're going to uh-huh. probably rattle through the next five or six matches. And then the the last three matches will probably be what your last your three pages of notes are. Yeah, there will be half an hour of us going, Brett's good, isn't he? Oh, Brett. Oh, I like Brett. Brett's really good. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, with the usual counter-argument and the, you know, the investigative journalist that we are of Fucking Sean. Sean. <laughs> <laughs> so the opening match is a four-way elimination tag match of Doug Furness and Phil Lafon. Yay. The Godwins. Eh, Billy Jim's Henry there. O- Say again? With Hillbilly Jim. <laughs> yeah, Hillbilly Jim's here, yeah. Uh, versus the Headbangers, Mosh and Thrasher, versus the new Blackjacks, who we've not seen featured at all. Is this their debut? I mean, they're probably on Sunday Night Heat. Who fucking knows? Tax! What are the rules? Have you got them down? It's a fate for elimination. Winners are going to get a tag team title shot on Raw next, the next night. And it's basically, you can tag anyone and pin anyone. And then you're eliminated. Yeah. And then it's down to basically the sole survivor. Mm, yeah. They, they bring up a little graphic, and this is the exact wording of it. A tag can be made to any man. <laughs> when a man is defeated, his team is eliminated. The last team remaining is the winner. I'm like, so a four-way elimination match, yeah? No, the last team winning is the winner. <laughs> <laughs> I love the phrasing of a tag can be ma- made to any man. <laughs> but don't any take a man. <laughs> Exactly. No one wants to tag a woman. God, you want to see them wrestle. Uh, headbangers name bar says, uh, sorry, the headbangers uh, name bar pops up as Furnace and LaFon come out. <laughs> Damn it, Kevin Dunn. Uh, the Black Jags get a pre match promo backstage. They say some words. I think we're in English, not entirely certain. Oh, it's ridiculous. Black Jags hit the ring. Off we go. Wrestle, wrestle, wrestle. Uh, there's a bit where Mosh and Thrasher both get tagged in at the same time and JR goes, they have to wrestle each other. And I'm like, could they not make a tag to any man? <laughs> no, because they're only the rules. Yeah, exactly. They do a little bit of moshing. It's kind of adorable. I mean, I like the headbangers in this time. Something different from a tag division. But They are the best tag team in this match. That's a fucking joke. Oh, oh, well, Furnace and Lafon are the better in-ring, but the headbangers... Not in this match. Best... Well, yeah, yeah this... They didn't turn up today, and I don't think we'll see them again much in this uh, this run. I don't think Furnace and Lafon got in the ring in this match. No, no, they were. Um, they, there was a double flap check on Phil Lafon at some point. There was a, a bit of everything. <laughs> okay, so Bradshaw. Oh, don't gives... you not remember? Um, the Nust, the Doug Furnace did the Hurricane Rana look really, really botchy. Uh, and they tried oh, the frog yeah, yeah. splash. I think I've got and, that um, here. Mr. Wyatt Senior tried to catch him. Yes. So on the uh, so basically, uh, Bradshaw gives Douglas Fern a suplex to the outside. Wasn't it a suplex rather than a head scissors? Have I got that wrong? Um, no, 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 I can't find it in my notes. Well, anyway, Dougie slides onto his head on the apron. It's proper botchy and kind of nasty to see. Uh, so they're on the outside. You've got Furnace and Lafon and the Blackjacks are brawling away, right? Bradshaw sees the ref and shoves him. And so the ref, rightfully, 
even though no one's been doing disqualifications for fucking years now in WWF, uh, the ref throws out the blackjacks. And you're like, okay, the blackjacks have been eliminated. Awesome. But then, for some fucking reason, so are Furnace and Lafon. And I'm like, uh, why have they been this. disqualified? What did they do? I looked at this, and apparently, this was a, a double countout. The ref didn't count. No. Wonderfully explained. The ref's on the outside with the blackjacks g- getting shoved. Exactly, but did you see the rules? Was there any rules about being counted I out? I did, did the see the rules, to- and that's why I'm pissed off. <laughs> the fucking rules. Welcome to JR- Russo. JR on commentary, sorry, Vince on commentary, literally goes, oh yeah, the blackjacks have been eliminated. And so are Furnace and Lafon, and just moves on. It's <laughs> like, fucking hell, guys. What? It's the- WrestleMania. We've just started. What the fuck are you doing? But this is also the time where Vince McMahon is just going, <laughs> about the head bangers attire. Right in the kisser. <laughs> Tried to do that with ones. And yeah, he's, he's banging on about their unusual attire. These men have unusual attire. What is that they're wearing, JR? This is very unusual. Mm, yeah. What is J- JR kind of puts it across as like, oh, they're, they're expressing their freedom. They're living their life. I, th- I th- kind of thought they were meant to be heels at one point, right? But their faces right now, I think. Their faces now. <laughs> okay. All right. Interesting. So this is a. Great way to silence the crowd for WrestleMania. But you slop disqualification. Uh, it's just fucking weird, man. Uh, so we're down to the headbangers and the Godwins. The crowd is fucking silent. Like 18,000 people just watching apathetically after this disqualification. Headbangers pull out some high spots and they're, they're, they're fun. You know, Mosh does some mean mugging towards the camera and stuff. They're, they're definitely the highlight of this bit, but there's a good reason for that, isn't there, Tanks? Yeah, there's absolutely nothing in this yep. it was basically the best part of 10 minutes of nothing this 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 is the epitome of getting people on the card uh-huh. everyone eventually gets in the ring to cause a mess after you know some kind of finish attempts like slop drop and midian gets a hot tag to no response but mosh jumps off the top to mount midian by sitting on his chest for the one two three and i'm like okie dokie boys the headbangers win hooray and this match was only seven seconds short in the chicago street fight fucking hell what a piece maybe the worst wrestlemania opener ever 100 percent. this is dog shit it's right up there anyway honky tonk man is now in the ring it's getting better and better. Captain Lou Albano and Arnold Scarland are at ringside. Whoa, the big stars. <laughs> well, they're probably big back then. You know, about 300 pounds. <laughs> Six combined. Yeah, sure. <laughs> for our WWF Intercontinental Championship match of we built it for three weeks, so it's got to build a Rocky Maivia, the current champion, versus the Sultan with Bob Backlund and the Iron Sheiky Baby. Because Sultan did it for the Rocky Maivia. He did indeed. Um, Sultan gets some spooty in ring pyro. Rocky jogs to the ring. I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake. Um, this uh, he, this is the interesting thing right, I noted on this. So again, there was some heavy editing in this match. Oh, I didn't notice it because I so don't think I was paying attention back, enough. looking at this time period, mm-hmm. this is the time that there were significant Rocky, slu- Rocky Sucks chants. Uh, and then going back out of... very loud back, Rocky Sucks chant. Yeah, but going back through looking at some of the, the reviews of like the live event, um, it, it's amazing they're like oh yeah and there's significant chance for Rocky sucks Rocky sucks and like the feedback is like 
fans aren't buying him. And this is like back in 97. So it's quite interesting. They'd edited this out on the network. Yeah. I would have thought they'd... I can understand why. But as a piece of history for a guy that couldn't get over and then got maybe the most over any wrestler ever has been, it would seem like a nice piece of history to keep it on the network. It plays into the whole point of why he turned heel. Yeah. Seems quite an important thing to document. Vince McMahon on this, though, was also really good. Oh, when I say really good, fucking annoying, but in a really entertaining <laughs> way. So he obviously, Vince is always playing up on commentary, like the Sultan's experience. And uh, he's obviously going to have a better edge because Rocky is, you know, Vince, Vinceism. The Sultan's so experienced and he's got a, the advantage over the Rock. Rocky might be here because he's very inexperienced. Brilliant. And then the other part is when the Sultan gets a near fall. Classic Vince McMahon. One, two, he got him, he got him. No, no, he didn't. <laughs> Love but it. My favorite piece of commentary history is Bobby Heenan's doing that. He's going, one, two, oh, he didn't get him. And then someone else on commentary, I can't remember who it was, went, you always get it wrong, Bobby. And so every time the person kicks out, he goes, he hasn't got him. Right, one on one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he keeps saying, he definitely hasn't got him. Oh, I'm two and one. Let's go. <laughs> Bobby Heenan's the best. God, this pay-per-view would have benefited from levity on commentary, wouldn't it? Oh my god. I mean, in fairness, we've we've been saying how nice it's been to have Vince, JR, and King. I say nice. It's certainly better than it, you know, attitude era commentary, and like Vince on comms at this time was good, but it's almost like they had the wind sucked out of them with that opening fatal four William. Yeah. I say Vince is there. JR's doing an okay job. It's pretty solid. I think Lawler on this pay-per-view is almost intolerable. Yeah, this is the turning point. Yeah. Lawler is incredibly annoying. He's recycling exactly the same jokes he's been doing for months. And this match, we've also got Honky Tonk on commentary. And so there's like a funny bit where like, you know, JR goes, it's almost like you guys are cousins. (laughs) (laughs) They are. And so you get a few moments like that of like silly levity, which this show desperately needed any sort of entertainment. Um, But then you've basically got Honky Tonk screaming abuse at Rocky, which we'll get to in a second. And and Lawler just making these horrifically like sexist and racist jokes all the time. I say jokes. They're just comments, basically. Opinions of a middle-aged white man. Yeah, but like, oh, it's just, usually I I can find the comedy in it, but it's just, there was none here. It was... Annoying? Yeah, there was that. nothing uh, other than again when the R- Rocky got near fall, and again he's coming. He got him. He got him. Oh, yeah, sure. So honky tonk on commentary. The last we really heard from honky tonk, apart from you know coming to the ring and then being cut off and going to the next segment, which happened at least twice. Now, <laughs> um, he was looking for a protege, right? That's his gimmick. That's the story. He's still looking. So. Is that a thing? Because we, he's been on TV a few times now. He's on pay-per-view commentary on WrestleMania. And he's not talking about finding a protege or something. Honky is cheering on the Sultan, shitting on Rocky for no apparent reason. So after Honky and King do a lot of shouting back and forth and doing puns on commentary, Honky starts to explain why he's doing this. He goes, I'm angry with The Rock because Rocky chose... Tony Atlas for advice instead of choosing the honky tonk man. And I'm like, perfect logic. <laughs> exactly. Well, in fairness, again, 
we've seen a honky tonk. Let's try and make it logical. It isn't, but let's try and give them the benefit of the doubt. It isn't, but let's try. Honky tonk came out. He's been on commentary for some of the Rock's matches. He liked the Rock. He liked what he saw. Showed a bit of ankle. Wonderful. Happy days. Mm, and then <laughs> we had to get the setup for the celebrity wrestling appearance at the end of this match. So, of course, we had to have Tony Atlas so he could have the payoff. But the, the thing is, right, I understand most of that. But Honky Tonk Man being here is not a story we've been telling. I wonder, though, if they were going for the direction <laughs> of Honky versus Rocky and then where the fans shit on Rocky, they're like... We can't go this direction with two people who are very much hated. They might cheer the Honky Tonk Man. That would be really funny. Sing for us, Honky. Sing for us. We're covering Raws after this, so you never know, Tags. For the record, in case anyone just fast forward and heard that, sing Honky Tonk Man, just to clarify that, in case anyone got a soundbite out of that. Yes, indeed. <laughs> so Vince has accused the Sultan of grandstanding at least three times in this match. Any That's, fucking clue what he's going on about? I mean, me and Coach Wicked likes to do peacocking with ring gear. <laughs> See, that would be funny. But the Sultan is a very serious, very attacking yeah. star wrestler. He doesn't pose or grandstand in any way shape or form in this match but no he prefers to ski sunday vince is just determined he's like that grandstanding piece of shit how dare he says it three times i'm like what what are you t- what? this whole fucking show is just blowing like my mind like i love logic i'm a very logical human being i think you know this about me <laughs> so <laughs> these are logical fucking comments on commentary just drives me insane i'm like this story is nonsense the fucking wrestling isn't very good because like no one's really paying attention like oh so and to add to that my grandstand slash ski sunday joke didn't land so i was very disappointed oh i now understand what you said sorry i was busy ranting so um ready for this one oh yes king lawler tells a distasteful joke about christopher reed not being able to walk away as rocky is being choked out by rikishi so rocky can't walk away like christopher reed (laughs) fucking hell it's funny because it's inappropriate (laughs) it's funny because he's a superhero yes indeed uh i'm gonna move on double down rocky does his dad's finish big puncheroo big excited hands just like his dad used to do it's a lovely moment i'm sure the crowd was shitting all over it live but it is what it is Uh, even does like all the same mannerisms as rocky johnson used to do which is really cool uh rocky has the salt and beat but shiki baby up to distract the ref tax what a prick what a heel boo pile driver very late kick out by the rock rocky rolls up rikishi for fuck's sake for the one two three and rocky retains this finish dog shit way to make a star two match two matches with absolutely bollocks finishes. Rocky gets <laughs> driven into the fucking ground. Barely kicks out. Very, very late. Like he, he should have lost. Stands up, rolls him up. One, two, three. How is that a fucking finish? Russo. <sighs> it's WrestleMania, guys. Come on. You're better. But we've got this. to set up for the afters, you see. We can't have him laying mm. him out because we need the post- <coughs> a post match beatdown. Yeah. So Rocky retains the Intercontinental Championship in a nothing match, let's be honest. 
JR tries to interview Rocky for some fucking reason, but the Sultan smashes the rock in the face with something from behind. Uh, big splash by Sultan to rock. Shiki does the camel clutch to the rock, which Yay. is delightful. <laughs> I fuck his ass. <laughs> Sorry. Rocky Johnson, the rock's dad, slides in from nowhere. Rocky clears a third of the ring. Um, <laughs> then bends over to present for the Sultan the Iranian flag, the back of the rock's daddy. Look at your daddy, Rock. Look at your daddy. <laughs> your daddy's a bastard. <laughs> your bastard daddy, Rocky. Look at your daddy. Old references are fun. <laughs> Look at your daddy, Rocky. <laughs> Sorry, I'll stop. <laughs> this was just another shit finish. Yeah, big schmozzy nonsense. Rocky and his daddy beat up elderly chic and stand tall. What baby faces? Fucking ridiculous. It's like when Rock came out <laughs> to celebrate with Roman. <laughs> yeah, sure. The crowd are also here. Oh my god, they just didn't give a shit. Yep. Would you if you were alive here? I'd be furious if I paid mania money for this. Yeah, absolutely. Should we move on? <laughs> You're that right there. Yes. <laughs> Do you want to take a minute? No, I'm good. Let's roll. Kenny. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I love referring to him as Kenny. It just feels so right. So Todd Pettigrew is backstage with Ken Shamrock. Uh, Shamrock has turned up to mania in a shell suit, just to throw it out there. Classic. What a look. Yeah. It's it's if he was wearing a bum bag, I would have popped so hard, but he wasn't. So they're so nineteen ninety-three. Can we talk about Todd's gear? <laughs> He's wearing a purple tuxedo with a black shirt with white buttons. Ooh. But without a bow tie or a tie. I'm like, it's fucking filth. Look at it. A purple tux stacks. <laughs> <laughs> it's not casual Wednesdays, Todd Pettingill. Yeah. Like it's WrestleMania, dude. Just buy a fucking normal tux, right? Well, we need to have purple because one of the main eventers wears purple. Mm, <sighs> I love Todd Pettengill, but it's what you shout at me. You know, I, like when, uh, who is the fucking guy that's really good on commentary that isn't doing it anymore? Uh, Jimmy Smith. No, the other one. Oh, Mara Ronaldo. No, the other one. Shouts Byron stands, stands on the table, does the guitar oh, thing. Oh, Pat, Pat McAfee. When Pat McAfee did WrestleMania in the in the full suit but with the shorts, I popped. Oh, yeah, Vince funny. was fucking furious, wasn't he? No, yeah, I know, but, was furious. But for me, it was fucking hilarious. I loved it. <laughs> it was fucking great. But Todd in his purple tuxedo can get in the bin, mate. I'm not with it. Not with it at all. But, you know, get to interview Ken Hughes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, honestly, <laughs> Kenny, that, was doing, Kenny was doing talking, but I just can't stop looking at Todd's suit the whole time. I'm sure Kenny did an all right promo. He's, he's a good talker. Yeah, I, in fairness, surprisingly, I forgot how good Shamrock was on the mic. He's very logical. He's very A to B to C. Like, he gets the points over. He's a proper he's got, fighter. Yeah, weirdly, I think he's got a good memory for a script, like for bullet points, you know? He always yeah. seems to knock well, out the Well, then he did. Yeah, not so much nowadays. I Move love on. listening to like modern interviews with Kenny where he just makes shit up. Like it's kinda of like listening to Brett's interviews nowadays. It's not it's not very logical. <laughs> Brett's our hero. But, yeah. I, I Brett never lies. Brett tells the truth always. He is the man. Uh Doc Hendricks, he's never had another name, is backstage with Triple H in China. Triple H says, As far as China goes, you don't need to know anything about it. What a promo. 
Or keep them guessing. Yeah. Uh, Triple H also says, I can take gold dust any way I want. Wait a minute. Can you say that, Joey? Doggy reverse cowboy. <laughs> Yeehaw. 69. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Triple H, Hunter Hearst Helmsley, Helmsley with Triple H. Sorry, fucking hell. I'll say that again. Hunter Hearst Helmsley with China versus Goldust with Marlena for what I feel should be the Intercontinental Championship match. Yeah, definitely. But the Sultan earns it. <laughs> yeah, how many times have we seen him on TV over the last year? This led this match though. Mm. There's a ju- there's a genius bit of commentary. Again, not many no- notes on this, but JR Definitely. during this. So obviously we'll get to the, all, all of the action. But Goldust does a a top rope double axe handle, but with his bum. And JR oh, says yeah. he hit him with his Lawler. <laughs> <laughs> that's great well done JR good job middle class Triple H is my favourite Triple H you mean you don't like DX 25 years on Triple H Uh, I didn't watch Raw did you watch it no I don't but I have time to watch movies I don't have time to watch three hours of Raw I can't fucking listen to that Irish guy on commentary I can't stand his voice (sighs) well that's going to get us (laughs) cancelled What? I, I'm not saying because he's Irish. Whoa, you can't be just said you didn't like him because he was Irish. <laughs> Fuck you. Um, what's his name? Kevin Patrick? Is that Kevin Patrick. Name? Can't trust a man with two first names. Yeah, fucking A. Tax Williams. <laughs> Tax is never anyone's first name. <laughs> I've only got one name. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, uh, yeah, fucking hell. Like, um, these commentary teams. I know, like, who is it? That fucking guy from um, what culture? Bald guy who does the wrestling and stuff. Uh, Simon Miller? Yeah, I should know that name, shouldn't I? Simon Miller. <laughs> it's kind of my job. Uh, Simon Miller is a lovely bloke, and I, I like his content, his presenting, and everything else. And I think he's quite a funny wrestler as well, to be honest. But um, yeah, he put up a post like, oh, we shouldn't judge these commentary teams before we see them, like, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I've been listening to these people for weeks, mate, for months, for years almost. I, I know who I like and who I don't like. And granted, since uh, Vince is gone, uh, Michael Cole is more tolerable but still don't like his commentary I fucking hate that Kevin Patrick cunt um, Jesus I mean it's, it's, I think Barrett's awful on commentary as well he does not have a good voice for commentary they had a really good lineup. I think I know McAvee had to go and do you know better money better opportunity yeah but they had it pretty much set I think Jimmy Smith did a good job for someone who's thrown into it and hadn't watched the product for 30 years mm-hmm. but yep, like tolerable. you said this commentary team it's as good as the match quality. Yeah, pretty much, man. Uh, so I love Goldust's entrance, man. Like the low frame rate, the anamorphic lenses and everything, the frames. Oh, it's just so cool. Like, I don't think we've seen enough of it over the last few weeks. Something so different for the time. Yeah. And that's probably where the budget went for Pyro. Yeah, I mean, they had, they had the gold confetti coming from the ceiling. It just, for the character, it, it added so much. If he was just coming out as this androgynous onesie wearing gold man it wouldn't have worked but with everything the bells and whistles the production value like the um was it like the nine carat gold productions whatever it was called when they um, I think started 12, showing but, yeah sorry it just added so much to it and as you said Absolutely, doesn't man. get seen enough yeah and marlena is just like full milf status here <laughs> fuck me <laughs> she really is man she looks incredible it's nuts 
I don't know. I like bimbos. Anyway, so <laughs> don't 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 fetish shame me. It's not kink shame. That's what I'm looking for. Whatever. Uh, so there's a stare off. Uh, big clothesline by Goldie, and off we go. Uh, gold dust gear. It's like I'm wearing nothing at all. Tax. So beautiful. So sleek. His mm. balls and cock are on a full show. <laughs> There's a bit where he's giving Triple H the 10 punches in the corner, and I'm just staring at Goldust Dick. I'm like, all right, okay, cool. So, well done, Goldust. Well done. <laughs> yeah, you can see why you hang on to Melina for a while, you know. <coughs> me. right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Triple H is an angry boy and does some cheating here and there. Boo. Uh, can you do that, Joey? High Knee by Triple H gets a right in the kisser by Vince, which I'm a big fan of. All I keep hearing now when I say that is a family guy. Pow, right in the kisser. Pow, Pow right in the kisser. Right in the kisser. Pow, right in the kisser. Sure. Uh, Marlena, is, is it Marlena or Marlena? Marlena. Marlena, okay, sorry. Marlena is literally smoking a cigar at ringside. Uh, that must be horrible. I know I've said it before, but imagine wrestling with cigar smoke in your face the whole time. Oh, it's not good. But then, you know, pillar of the 80s. When she yeah. was young. There's also the whole Clinton thing, which I think is why she has the cigar, right? Yeah. The monocle of whiskey. Yeah, yeah. Which is not really He did gimmick. not have sexual relations with that woman. He did not. And that's why he got impeached. Uh, Triple H off the top. Goldie using his butt as an attack, which we've already talked about. It was delightful. I enjoyed it. Beautiful butt butt. <laughs> Very silly, but, you know, I think this show needs a bit of silly because we're not the character. great wrestling. Yeah, sure. Double down as China looks on sternly. She's very good at looking stern at ringside. Um, Goldust takes over. China starts to head towards Marlena. Goldust has Triple H in the curtain call. Sees China going after Marlena, but still does the spot anyway. Because <laughs> he's like, fuck my wife. She'll be fine. Uh, he eventually, after doing two or three spots with Triple H, goes over to Marlena and China. Obviously, China's probably gone too early, I think, in this scenario. I think so. I think it was a bit of a miscommunication here. Yeah, a bit of mistiming or whatever, which is fine. They, they kind of made it work. It was all right. Um, eventually, Goldie goes over, grabs Marlena away from China. She picks her up off the floor, brings her up onto the apron. Marlena up onto the apron with Goldie now. Triple H knocks Goldust into Marlena, who falls straight into the arms of China. Repeat of the ragdoll spot we've seen before. Such a it's good visual. Fucking great, man. When they showed a replay, you could, like, because I kind of have an idea of what I'm looking at, obviously. Um... You can see that China's you know, ragdoll here around, but Marlena is throwing her head left to right as well. She's doing a great job here. She's really committed. She's going to have whiplash in the morning. Yeah, like, it, that must actually kind of suck. Like, yeah, really <laughs> the way she's doing it. Yeah. But like a, a shitty zero cornflake match and she put that effort in. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, maybe one of the better things to happen on the pay-per-view, this visual of China ragdolling Marlena yeah, around. it's certainly up there. Marlena, sorry. Um, Pedigree. <laughs> the whole, to be fair, the way Goldust takes the penalty, the, the, the penalty, the pedigree, flat as a pancake, facing the mat, absolutely glorious. And yeah, just went down like a sack of shit in a, in a good way. Really sold the move, played for Triple H. All good. Yeah. One, two, three, and your winner. And still, it's Continental Champion, right? <laughs> it's Triple H. <laughs> and new Continental Champion. Everyone's happy. Yeah, exactly. Uh, post-match, Goldust crawls across to Marlena to check on her boobies, apparently. Um, after some faffing about, Goldie carries Marlena to the back, and that's that. 
crowd didn't give a shit about this either. I've, until the ragdoll, and they're like, ooh, and that was it. Yeah, shame really, because these two are pretty good. They're pretty good, but this match just stunk the place out. Yep. Difficult, considering the first two matches they had before them. Like, you know, no one wants, wants to walk into a room where there's already a wet fart and try and tell their story, you know? I do wonder if what followed followed this is the reason uh-huh. why they had such a shit match to make it good for HPK. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> You're right there, bud. I sound like a professional. <laughs> You're getting through it. You're doing good. Uh, so, Sean backstage at the AOL booth thing. We get this amazing meme of Sean not knowing how to use a laptop that I've used a million times in this videos over the years. <laughs> Thanks, Sean. It's got a Twitter page now. <laughs> Does he really? Probably. He still doesn't know how to use laptops, though. There's a couple of times we've done video calls and things like that, and he's always fucking around with them, getting it wrong. It's, it's absolute banter. I love it. But good to see Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania when he couldn't be here. Uh-huh. Yep. It's time. It's time. It's been time. With Paul Bearer. <laughs> the WF World Tag Team Championship match of Mankind and Paul Bearer. Sorry, Mankind and Vader with Paul Bearer versus Owen Hart and the British Bulldog, the current champions. Um, Everyone's a heel, right? Two heel teams. Waste of time. But Bulldog's yeah, got the European Championship, so he's won that. Yeah. It's not defending at WrestleMania. Shit belt anyway. Yeah, not the best. I'm trying to think. Best European Championship match ever. Mm. I, I would honestly say it's Owen and Bulldog for the belt the first time. Yeah, I mean, anything that's got Owen or Brett involved. <laughs> there is... Um, Bulldog and Sean at the one night stand, which was interesting, to say the least. The whole can't spoil it because we're going to do that show in a few weeks. <laughs> yeah, it's just a nothing title, but you know, double gold Bulldog. Everyone loves that. Sure. Uh, Owen and Bulldog coming out to rule Britannia. Gotta love it. Uh, JR legs it up the ramp to go stir shit up between Owen and Bulldog. What a cunt. <laughs> at least playing, calling back to what we've seen for months. Sure, yeah, really getting this story over that they kind of can't get along. He goes, who's the leader? And they're going, no, 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 we don't have a leader. And then as Bulldog turns away, Owen goes back to the mic and goes, I'm the leader. (laughs) (laughs) Owen has just been such a highlight. Every This should have been the mania match. Owen Owen versus Bulldog? Yeah. I can see that. That would make more sense. Yeah. Yeah do it for the european championship as the tag team champions that'd be really fun yeah but i guess the direction of travel they're going they can't break up yeah yeah i guess so gotta accommodate for brett's storyline you know (laughs) but um owen now has two slammies tags well we missed the slammy awards didn't we i was gonna say that's the one thing that we were gonna maybe look up you didn't happen to watch it by chance did you no i didn't sadly do you want to look up the results while I go over some of this? Yeah, go for it. <laughs> All right. I want to know who won Slammies for what, basically. But if you can't find it, it's not the end of the world. Uh, Vader beats up Owen to start the match. Uh, simply put, I have like six sets of notes here. Vader big, Owen spinny. I think that's fair enough, right? Yep. Makes perfect uh, sense. 
Bulldog fighty, foley resilient. <laughs> Vader fat, bulldog strong. <laughs> oh dear. Are you ready? Are you ready for the uh, the Slammy Awards? Yeah, let's do some Slammies. Go for it. Okay. The new sensation award presented by Ahmed Johnson. I, I don't need to know who's presenting the awards. Let's just get to the winners here. <laughs> Got time okay. constraints. Do you, do you know who? Do you know who's nominated though? Uh, no, no, just go for okay, the Rocky Maivia wins New Sensation. Sable wins Best Dressed. Uh, Ooh, the Undertaker nice. wins Best Tattoo. Shawn Michaels what? versus Bret Hart. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. There's an award for the Best Tattoo. So surely yeah. that should go to the um, Tattoo Artist. And the, right? just so you know, the nominees were Crush, Shawn Michaels, Tommy Lee, and Drew Barrymore, and The Undertaker. Drew Barrymore? Yep. Michael Barrymore's wife. What do the actress, Drew Barrymore? Yeah. Brilliant. What is 1997? It's so strange. Please Match continue. of the year was uh, HBK Brett from Mania 12. <laughs> yeah, probably fair. Best hair, presented by Legion of Doom, won by Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Oh. The uh, the Loose Screw Award, presented by Sonny. There, there you go. <laughs> Bad. Um, and was won by Mankind. Best right. bow tie was won by Owen Hart. Okay, who were the nominations for best bow tie? Let's go for it. Clarence, Clarence Mason, Mason has to be in there. Bob <laughs> yeah, Backlund, sure. Urkel, and Yokozuna. When the fuck has Yokozuna worn a bow tie? No idea. No. Uh, best entrance music was won by The Undertaker. Best finisher yeah. was Switching Music. Yeah. Uh, best couple, Goldust and Marlena. The Fine. Freedom of Speech Award was by um, Steve Austin. The star of the highest magnitude award went to The Undertaker. Fucking hell. Lifetime Achievement Award went to Arnold Scarland. Right, and the Miss Slammy went to Sable. So Owen didn't win a Slammy? No, he won the best bow tie. Oh, did he? Yep. <laughs> so that's why he's got the second Slammy. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. In fairness, though, The Undertaker won three Slammies. Yeah. He won best Not- tattoo. He won Best Entrance Music, and he won Star of the Highest Magnitude. So the first two, he's not really responsible for, is he? No. Surely the tattoo artist and the musicians. So what's-his-face does all the music? Uh, Jim Johnson. Thank you. Should have won the award, right? 100%. This is like Korn winning the fucking MTV VMA for the Best Music Video Award. And I'm like, you didn't make that fucking video. You're just in it. That doesn't count. <laughs> Unbelievable. God damn you, corn. But yeah, in fairness, the talk about corn. the Slammies, regrettably, mm. is the most exciting part about this match, which even includes Owen Hart. Yeah, it, it's, it's a shame because I like all four guys, to be honest, but like, there's no fucking story or anything really coming into this, so it is what it is. There's a bit where Vader smashes an urn on the back of Bulldog and lets go of it too early, so literally just smashes Bulldog with it, which was quite funny. Uh, Vader squashes Bulldog. Owen did not try to stop Vader like Bulldog did for Owen earlier in the match, which was a nice bit of storytelling. I mean, I couldn't get away from any of this with just continual fucking Jerry Lawler of, oh, Stu and Helen Hart, look how old they are. And in fairness, the camera cuts to the front row where they were sitting didn't help with them both looking like just gormless and disinterested like most of the people here in the, uh, the, uh, in, in subs to cargo. <laughs> Absolutely, ma'am. So, a suburban Chicago, I, th- I think you're fine. Um, I uh, fell asleep during this match. I don't blame you. Yeah, it's not often that happens, but uh, I was watching it 
reasonably late a couple of days ago after doing some work and stuff and uh yeah i was just absolutely exhausted uh, so it's less of a comment on this match to be totally honest and more of a comment of i was just fucking tired but uh, jump into day two of watching for me foley has owen in a chin lock whoa <laughs> uh king makes the exact same gerital on the rocks joke about Stu hart he made a few weeks ago so it was not funny this time uh, again lawler was just absolutely fucking intolerable for this as you're saying. For the whole thing yeah particularly this match though he's just constantly going on about Stu hart and like you know owen's selling his bollocks off of vader and he's just like oh Stu hart's a ringside he's not paying attention and i'm like yeah we can see that that's not the story we should be telling right and in fairness in this instance Lord, I wasn't lying. No. There's a bit where the camera cuts to Stu, and Stu goes like, oh, there's a camera. <laughs> Starts to pretend like he's paying attention. Work the hard cam, Helen. Work the hard cam. Yeah, sure. Uh, there's a bit where Vader's on the apron, and Owen and Foley are wrestling, and Vader just takes his mask off. Oh, my God. It's it's <laughs> Leon White. I had no idea. <laughs> Yeah, there is an element of his mask and Foley's mask don't really cover their faces a lot, do they? No. And what does it do for Vader? He pulls it off and he's like, oh, mm. type of ginger man. Yeah. I think it does make him look a bit more intimidating with the mask. Yeah, definitely. He's just a cuddly bear without it. Yeah. Especially when he's not being the shit out of people because he's worried that Sean's going to cry a bit more. Yeah. Oh, boo-hoo little bitch uh, then comes the finish mankind locks in the mandible claw into to the bulldog wouldn't stick my fingers in that mouth um, vader grabs owen and pumps him into foley and bulldog sending them to the outside foley still has the mandible claw locked into bulldog and i'm like okay where are they going to go with this now they're on the outside and he's got the mandible claw locked in is this going to take them out so we get a really cool finish between owen and vader like you know Raider's going to go for some high spot and Owen's going to beat him and get out of the way because he's a sneaky bastard heel and a little bit of a bastard. Uh, the, the ref starts to count. Eight, nine, ten. I literally, audibly, I went, no fucking way. It's WrestleMania. What is this bullshit? We've had two the, clean finishes, though. The winners via count out at WrestleMania and still WWE tag champs are Owen and Bulldog. This whole fucking show is a one-match show. This is bullshit. I couldn't fucking believe it. It's WrestleMania. I am... like As you said, like the four guys in this were... I, I like all four. I'm excited by four. I wish in my in-ring stuff that I could have been anything as near as agile as Vader because that character works so well in the right situations. But a double count-out again... We had a double count out in the first match. It's just bullshit. And roll up, for as good up. as Owen Hart is, he can't carry this much of an albatross. No, fuck no. What is wrong with having Owen knock Vader to the outside, Davey picks up Foley, power slam, one, two, three. Got to keep the heels strong. <laughs> it's Foley. He's been pinned endlessly by Taker, by Sean, by fucking everyone for the past two years. He's literally the bitch of their little group. Like, Mick Foley will take a bump for you, obviously, right? He will also take a fucking pinfall for you. There is no need to keep him strong here. It's fucking idiocy, man. It's it's bullshit finish for a bullshit finish's sake. and There's no reason for it whatsoever. This was the stage where I was so happy of, of what came next. Post-match, the heels of Vader and Foley 
beat up the other heels of Bulldog and Owen on the outside. Owen and Davey sell it for about 10 seconds, <laughs> and then everyone heads to the back. Hooray! Just fucking stupid. What was the point of any of that? What was the point of anything on this show so far? Thank the good Lord. Next up is Bret Hart and Steve Austin. Let's play this video package because it's fucking banging. Imagine, for over a decade, you fought to reach the pinnacle of your profession. Through sweat and dedication, you've earned the respect of fans, friends, and even your adversaries. Then, you walk away. When you return six months later, nothing is the same. I've been screwed by Shawn Michaels, the boy toy. I've been screwed by Stone Cold Steve Austin. I've been screwed by the World Wrestling Federation. There are no friends. There's kind of a new motto in the World Wrestling Federation. You scratch my back and I'll stab yours. There is no respect. Everybody in that dressing room knows that I'm the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. Even your fans have changed. At the heart of this change is a man who spits in the face of your every accomplishment. Ever since you came back, you ain't done nothing but cry. He has gained fame by attacking you physically and verbally. This man mocks your legacy. He uses it as a stepping stone. Like a false prophet, he spews forth his rhetoric. Red Hart on his best day, can't lace my boots, and I'm gonna prove that to the world. And I will, I will beat the hell out of Brett, and that's the bottom line. His followers carry placards singing his praise. Injustice after injustice has finally caused you to snap. Whoa! Frustrated isn't a word for it. This is now, the finger is pointed at you. You're the one who's changed. He snapped, McMahon! He's lost it! Get him out of here! Drag him! Oh, he just, just hit Hall of Famer Pat Patterson! That dirty, rotten son of a... They say your ego is your enemy. What happened to you? There's only one solution. To awaken from this nightmare, you must defeat him. To regain your life and resume your legacy, you must make him beg for mercy as you squeeze the will from his bones. But what if Stone Cold Steve Austin wins? What becomes of Brett the Hitman Hart then? Brett is a bad guy now, Tax. Complaining, moaning, getting screwed. Yeah, and Austin <laughs> is a badass. What a what a baby face badass. And what a, a moany, logical <laughs> Brett Hart heel. <laughs> it's chalk and sh- chalk and cheese from mania mm. mania 12 to see where brett is now but the promo solidified it if you are watching this show for the first time and you'd have to be a wwf fan to watch this because you wouldn't have paid for this you would have turned it off at this stage if you were new yeah but you know who is the baddie and you know who is the upcoming you know blue collar ass kicker yeah, if you got to this point in the pay-per-view as a wrestling fan for the first time, you were just checking out a show, like, well done, because you sat through some shit to get to what is... The real main event. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's one of the greatest matches of all time. No, but... It's, but a, the, it's a very important match. Yeah, the images and what it led to. Yeah. The stuff that surrounds it is surprisingly bullshitty. 
Oh yeah, definitely. Um, we're we're going to get to it. Obviously, I'm trying not to spoil it too much, but it. Uh, firstly, the retelling of history here is a bit difficult to stomach. Like just flat out being, oh, Brett's a moany bitch. It's like no, he's explaining how he's legitimately been fucked over endlessly for the past six months. Like IRL and kayfabe. <laughs> like he's he's generally being fucked here. But he, that's the optimum heel. There's genuinely like a heel with a real life grievance. And, but the but, difference is, as you said, uh, this is legit. Yeah, yeah, kinda. But I don't feel angry at him about it. I feel sympathy for him. Yeah, the sympathetic, look at me get screwed out of the title. Look at me win this and I've got to fight whoever was the last person out of the fatal four way in the final four. It's, it sets it up... I mean, that's the thing, as you said, it's, you could interpret it as sympathy, this guy who's continually screwed over and he wants to get behind him so he can right the wrongs, but it really is portrayed as, Bret Hart's always been a whiny bitch. Yeah, and he hasn't been, so this this retelling of history is, again, quite difficult to get my head around sometimes, and I understand why, and I think what they do with it is very well done here. Um, like Austin is naturally getting over and they've taken their time with it as well which I'm very impressed by I thought that maybe Austin had a year and then they kicked him off like six months of being really over WrestleMania 14 comes around etc etc but we're talking at least two really three years of Austin's very natural progression into this main event scene and this is obviously where Brett puts him over without putting him over which is an, an art in itself but I don't know. It feels like Brett's end of this story is very forced compared to Austin's very natural progression into a babyface. Yeah, but yeah, this is this is the time where we know Sean is the one. Sean's yeah. the one, and that's where we're going. Um, also, if anyone heard that in the background, if you're hearing about whining, complaining, my new uh, my new kitten has just entered the room and is moaning. He's currently uh, climbing into a washing basket, which means ultimately. I've got a lovely clean washing basket full of washing and he's about to shit on it. <laughs> Either that or furry clothes is what I was going with. Everyone loves furries. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a no holds barred submission match, which is the same thing, right? Uh, with special guest referee Ken Shamrock of Bret Hart versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. Now, um, very quickly, before we on. get to this, you know, normally in the modern WWE we're in now, if they have a submission match, they always have the wrestler who doesn't really have a submission hold will then suddenly miraculously learn a submission hold and beat sure. everyone with it leading up to the pay-per-view or the premium live event. Uh-huh. Steve Austin, other than the Million Dollar Dream, I don't recall him having a submission hold leading nope. up to this. He's just a brawler and kicks the shit out of people. He'll do a chin lock occasionally just to kind of get his breath back, but that's about it. Yeah, I, yeah, it, but, but, but that's it. You're in a submission match against someone and this is why it's set up for Brett to fail. Brett Hart, technic- the excellence of execution, a technical genius versus a man who is a brawler, not like a submission specialist. Yeah, so the, the, the devil's advocate bit here is that the story going in should have been, if you're going to do a submission match, Brett Hart's going to out-technique Stone Cold Steve Austin. Steve Austin's going to beat the crap out of Brett and make him submit. But because the build has been such a fast turnaround and we haven't really got any 
some significant like story behind this at this point like they've done a good job of getting something out of it obviously but like and obviously brett's been fucked over and austin has been the the bane of that but really again the story we were telling was brett and sean's that they had to kind of like you know left hand suddenly um they, they haven't really got that narrative over of like brett being the submission guy steve being the guy that's going to beat the crap out of brett to get the submission and so you have this kind of weird mix in this match where they're both angry so they've got like a blood feud going on you know stone cold is literally bleeding like a stuck pig towards the end of the match but they're both going for like technical submission stuff as well and there's lots of crowd brawling as well and i think it's uh it's a fun match i really really enjoyed it but it definitely doesn't have like um that base narrative you maybe are looking for with what you're saying yeah exactly and i said we'll work through the match in a second but i just want to say now this is a great match for context for yep. scene setting for where the future is going to be but just i, I remember because this is the first time i watched this match in a very long time and i always remembered thinking this is like five stars it was good but it wasn't five stars no on the context of this pay-per-view it is by far oh yeah a long way the best match well until we get to the street fight <laughs> <laughs> don't you dare <laughs> The Legion of Johnson are coming for you. (laughs) (laughs) Legion of Johnson's well, honey. Yeah, I think this match is actually enhanced by having Ken Shamrock as the ref as well. I think he does a great job. (laughs) (coughs) He's massive next to Brett as well. Mate, he has just been absorbing roids for the past six months by the look of it. No, no, he's been hitting the gym, eating clean, chicken and broccoli, nothing but. That's why his, uh, you know, his upper arms don't go anywhere near the side of his body. It's it's Uh, because he's really terrible at doing (laughs) lat pull downs. His fucking chest is so swollen, like it looks like it's about to burst. It looks like water balloons, dude. It looks so stupid. (laughs) Like it's it's way too much. Everyone loves titties. (laughs) Yeah, him and Marlena just like, oh yeah, I got the triple D's. (laughs) (laughs) Shamwan was like, I went to the same surgeon. Uh, so we have a camera backstage for Austin's entrance, getting the Goldberg treatment. Pretty cool, man. And so this is the classic moment where Austin comes out, the glass smashes. Like literally, there is a glass screen in the entranceway that smashes as Austin walks out, and it's it's in like every Austin montage for the rest of time, and it's it's quite a moment. Beautiful, iconic. I'd never seen anything like this before. I remember watching this when I was young. It's like that is fucking incredible. And yeah. it, again, set the scene. That is a proper mania entrance of the time, babyface entrance of the time. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the crowd just erupts it for the, first, for the first time in the show. Yeah, God bless Jim Johnson for putting that glass smash at the beginning of his oh, song. Yeah. Because it, genius. It, it, Absolutely genius. You wouldn't have genius. this moment without it. Absolutely. And so like, talking about the Austin pop, like he gets a babyface pop here, but it, it's not the Austin pop yet, by any means. <laughs> No, not not at all. But that this is really like the first time he's seen as the face. He's been getting like patters of cheers on roars and pay per views, but uh-huh. this is when they're really fully buying in. As you said, we've seen some, we've seen some signs in the crowd. Austin three sixteen, but this is where it's really going to kick on from now. Absolutely, I do feel a bit bad for Brett as he has to walk out over the broken glass to make his entrance. Like no one comes and sweeps it out. They're just like, ah, oh, you'll be all right. Yeah, stamping over Austin is a metaphor. 
I wonder whether they could have used this somehow, like, you know, glass in his boots and like shoved it in Austin's face to start the match or something. Ah, but it's a submission match, not a hardcore match. They'll save that for the Chicago Street Fight. I think you will find, sir, this is a no holds barred submission match. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> Which I think's added at last minute, like every Austin WrestleMania match ever. They're like, this is no holds barred because Austin can't wrestle a technical match anymore. He Gorilla Monsoon neck. told us that's what it was supposed to be, <laughs> as he did in the main as well. <laughs> WrestleMania 20, what is it? WrestleMania 14, they do it. WrestleMania 17, they do it. I think they do it at 19 as well, right? Suddenly it's like a, you know, no holds barred match or whatever. Yeah, 17 was. I remember the announcement. Yeah. As you said, like, this match is now a no disqualification match. And Joe was like, what? Yeah, exactly. Uh, again, uh, Brett nonchalantly giving his shades to a lad at ringside not doing the whole passionate like oh i'm a baby face look at me bread thing he's just kind of like yeah here you go kid and then kind of heads to the ring yeah he was like this show's been shit mate at least you've got something for your money (laughs) absolutely so brett gets in the ring and walks towards austin and starts to go for a face-off austin turns his head to the side like this son of a charges brett double leg off we go what a great start what a visual Great start. Physical yeah. brawl. Like Love Austin's it. expression before he tackles Brett is it's pure pro wrestling, man. That's fucking great. It's like theater, you know? And like the tackle sets it off and like like we said before, the crowd finally wakes up for this. Like that yeah. double leg. I bet they've been backstage and Brett's gone, Look, Steve, we need to go out and start hot. Do this. Yeah. Don't jump me because you're the baby face, but when I come up and front face you, you just go for it, you know? Yeah. Absolutely smart. beautiful beginnings of the match. Set the tone. Really smart. Yeah. So a lot of this match to start with is walk and brawl, but it's it's fucking great. It's pure mayhem. There's literally brawling through packed crowds. Shamrock is having to shove fans out the way. The cameras can't get to Bretton Austin. There's a bit where Austin takes a backdrop down a set of stairs, which must have fucking sucked. And we don't really get to see it because they're in this like tightly packed crowd of people and the cameras can't get in. It's it's quite the visual, man. And it's nice to see this crowd getting hype, man. It's, it's also, yeah. Also really, really good. Doing. Like change of character for Brett. Because like I said, it's yep. a submission match, but Brett as a brawler going through the crowd. And I know we've had some no old bad stuff at this stage, but this is probably like the first time they've gone really deep into the crowd, into the yep. bleachers. Mm-hmm. Almost got it all out then. <laughs> <laughs> but the yeah, suburban Chicago it, finally turns up, you know, they really get into this match. It was really, really fun to watch. Yeah, Austin stomps on Brett's hand and Brett goes, well, fuck you and starts to go over Austin's injured knee with that big old brace on it. It's like, it's nice that it takes up Brett a moment of like clarity of like, this motherfucker just stomped on my hand to go, right, I'm going to fuck your knee up then. Like it's, it's really good, like childish back and forth wrestling. <laughs> I love it. So much fun. He kicked his leg out from his leg. Yeah, he literally does on <laughs> multiple occasions. Uh, I've got to say again, Shamrock is doing such a good job here. He's like he's just out the way enough, but just concerned enough for each guy's well-being to make it feel important. Like when Cormier was doing it on the pay-per-view, it felt like he was. Uh, it was being like classic high- DC. He wanted to be the attention. Yeah, it's like High School Musical type acting as well. It didn't really feel like he was genuinely in a fight. But Shamrock is calling this like it's MMA. And it's, yeah, proper UFC ref style that he's used to. 
yeah, it really, really works here for this story and this type of match. Um, so about 10 minutes into the match, out of fucking nowhere, Steve Austin hits a stunner. And Austin gives Brett long enough to get back to his feet and go after Austin's knee again. And it's brilliant, this moment of just like, oh, fuck, he hit the stunner. But like he's not capable enough to go and get after Brett still. It's like this early telling of this story. Beautiful, beautiful craftsmanship, good narrative. Yeah, I, I, I'm invested for the first time in this pay per view at this stage. Yeah, and like the biggest pop from the crowd comes when Brett does the figure four around the ring post because they think Austin can't handle it because he's been going after his knee the whole time. And that's a lovely spot. I always love yeah. that spot. And they and in this match, they know the ref isn't going to break it up because it's no hoss barred. And so you're like, oh, this could actually be the finish. And it's like 10 minutes before they get to the finish and the crowd are hot as fuck. Like, genuinely, this crowd were not invested up until this point. And Brett and Austin have got them eating out of the palm of their hand. Like, they are very, very good here. I mean, credit to Austin, but this is this is a Bret Hart reading the crowd and teaching Austin what to do. Yeah. That's it not taken away from Austin. Austin is a competent performer at this time, but having someone like Brett go, here's where we're going to go. We're going to take him up, up and down. Beautiful. Yeah, sure. I had a thought about who do you think's calling this? Brett. Definitely Brett, because he's the heel. Well, he doesn't start as the heel. Ah, uh, but the video package was. <laughs> I feel like there's maybe a conversation going on because it's very back and forth. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think at this stage, I mean, I know they've worked together enough uh, from Rumble to date to be able to be, you know, for Brett to be able to trust him because he wouldn't have worked with him. He didn't trust him. Yeah. But, you know, it's it's yeah, Bret Hart clear experience of, so of Brett, that crowd Brett attention. Is the one. Yeah. Yeah, sure, man. So Brett is the one who introduces the steel chair into the match. He tries to be such a heel. Austin's knee. Yeah, what a heel. What a dick, eh? <laughs> uh, but Austin gets the better of Brett and goes to town with the chair. Uh, very back and forth here. Very much Austin's brutality versus Brett's focus on Austin's knee and can he get after it. Austin starts to go for submissions. The camera work is fucking brilliant here. Like the close up. makes such a change for this time period. Yeah, really. Like, especially kind of coming on to the next few years where they start cutting every two seconds. And the camera work is basic bitch camera work compared to what the uh, the early 90s and 80s had, where it was very much like, how can we make this person look bigger? Where can we get this emotion from? Um, This brings me on to. I entered my first wrestling show, like we talked about, right? Do you know about the perspective of how an editor works with wrestling do you know you know about this go ahead uh, i mean all i can say from my standpoint is that i i got to sit with coach wicked while he was live editing wrestling shows uh-huh. using switcher um and it looks stressful as hell he, the results he got was really good and like the stuff he did for um from um, oh my god why can't i remember the name of the youtube show we did oh my god i feel so bad now what you've just heard there in the background, dear listener, is Gizmo the Cat has just trashed 17 rat pirate ogres. No! <laughs> and now he's just casually walking out of the room as if nothing happened. But so we lost the wolf guard earlier in this recording that I think I've caught. <laughs> so we don't lose the ogres as well. That'd be awful. And my fucking squigs. He's got my no. squigs as well, little shit. 
Everyone loves the squeak, mate. Oh, well, as long okay. as you don't need the so, rest, I will be fine. Sorry. Let me get to my point. <laughs> okay, so, <laughs> so WWE, the way they edit, okay, and the way they film everything and what they cut to is is almost exactly the same as everyone. Like, you have one hard cam, you have two cameras either side of the ring, blah, 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 blah. The, the basic principle is exactly the same. Obviously, WWE cut faster than I would like them to. AEW probably, I think, cut a little bit too slow, for my opinion. I would say New Japan is the perfect medium where they know when to cut, how to cut suits their style of wrestling very, very much. But there's one giant difference between specifically New Japan and WWE. New Japan edit from the perspective of the person being hit, right? And WWE edit from the perspective of the person doing the hitting. Now, in this match, there's a high focus on selling, right? So this is the first match in a long time where I've noticed that the perspective is almost always from the person being hit, which I think makes this match feel so much more special than the rest of this fucking show because you're emphasizing with austin who's having the shit kicked out of him for the vast majority of the worst parts of this match especially as we come into the end i don't know i just whether one whether you thought the same and whether you felt more for austin rather than seeing brett as like the hero here as such because he's winning i mean that's a really i hadn't picked up on any of that to be honest as a naive wrestling fan i i didn't have like viewpoint either way of who was who was there it was just for me, it was Austin's the face. Yeah. Now Brett's the heel, and that's just sure. just how they did. But that's a really interesting take on it. That's really cool. I think what's different about the camera work specifically is that they're not filming the guys in the submission hold from like the like from head to toes type thing. They're getting really close up, and they're getting that visual of Austin and Brett's face because they know these guys know how to fucking sell. Like, there's this bit with wrestling where it always fucks me off when. Let's say someone gets put in an ankle lock, right? And the camera will focus on the guy doing the selling. And he will be selling, selling, selling. He'll look to the right to see a person in the crowd. And he kind of almost turns off for a second and then goes back to selling. Like wrestlers do it all the fucking time at the very highest level. And there is not a moment in this entire fucking match where Brett and Austin aren't 100% invested in what they're doing. And I think that's... That's such a difficult thing to get right, and these two are fucking perfect at it. Yeah, agreed. That they, I know it sounds really silly, but you always see things like from back in like theatre days, like doing Brechtian stuff, uh-huh. where it's very minimalist. You're selling, you're selling with your facial expression. You're selling your emotion through that, and without having those people sell, and even if they switch up for a minute, you ruin the illusion. So yeah, hundred yeah, percent. This is this is like the classic one hundred and one. You want to learn to sell? These are the guys to watch. Fucking a. So with that in mind, we do get a Vader esque Irish whip spot here, which is unfortunate. I mean, let's discount it. We shouldn't. <laughs> they deserve Austin. to be called out. <laughs> <laughs> so Austin gets Irish whipped into the timekeeper's steel chair. He definitely didn't, you know divert in any direction at any point he just just got irish whipped straight into it. three three sides of the ring later into yeah the, exactly uh, and austin is busted wide open huge blade job here or you know if you're austin and brett backstage after the show no nah, definitely hard way right oh yeah definitely he, he didn't pussy <laughs> about uh vince on commentary being like you don't see bleeding often in wwf <laughs> it's well funny he's pissed off yeah it's and he knows it's been probably planned 
Oh, absolutely. It's Brett and Austin. Of course they were like, you can get a little colour, you know. 100%. Old school. So back to brawling on the outside after all the submission <laughs> attempts. Uh, Brett less focused on Austin's knee with submissions and legal maneuvers and more on taking out his frustrations on Austin now. Smashing Austin into the guardrails, driving a chair into his knee. Uh, Brett is in full control. Austin is bleeding all over the shop. So Austin just punts Brett in the bollocks as hard as he fucking can. <laughs> Classic Rochambeau what a moment i'm just like this match is telling such a great story and austin's like fuck you bang in the bollocks isn't he meant to be the baby face exactly (laughs) unbelievable jeff i've got to get the submission i'll do anything to it i'll punt you in the bollocks if i have to moment it's i guess it's baby face just about exactly yeah ready for shat dreams yeah sure vince goes Uh, I'm sure that was deserved. What? Well, Vince is trying to get him out of his contract. Of course he deserves it. <laughs> he probably said to Steve, go and kick him with the balls really hard and I'll give you a pay-per-view bonus. What the fuck, Vince? It's, uh, yeah, we know he's just like sucking off Sean, but it's what it is. Austin goes super Saiyan for a bit, uses up the last of his adrenaline to beat up Brett. Austin chokes Brett with an extension cable, but Brett smashes the ring bell, which he's got in his hand for some fucking reason, over Austin's head to escape. Someone definitely passed that to him. Yeah, I I mean, yeah, interesting that the the ring bell is just sitting on the apron for no fucking reason, but whatever. Uh, Huge pop as the sharpshooter is locked in right in the middle of the ring. Tax, the selling. Holy fucking shit, the selling here. Added to this, along with the selling, Shamrock's UFC MMA-style refereeing. Steve, Uh if you don't respond, I'm going to have to count you out. Steve, if you don't respond, clear, audible, no dicking about, no wavy arms, no doing the whole little, if I hold your arm up and drop it three times, added the element of realism to it. So well done. Absolutely, man. Austin, grasping for the ropes, can't get there bleeding half passing out does everything he can to push up and power out and austin briefly breaks the sharpshooter and puts brett onto his front nobody's ever broken out of the sharpshooter before on commentary brett will not let go what a finish holy fuck brett comes back up into the sharpshooter austin passes out shamrock calls for brett to break the hold and end the match incredible finish uh the match is so so has its moments it's a bit strange at times but the finish is one of the greatest moments of wrestling history i think and this is where the fans have turned yeah chorus of booze unbelievable as you said i'd say it's a medium-sized chorus of booze at this point well that's because half the audience have left (laughs) or they're asleep from the last like six matches or whatever (laughs) So Brett Hart wins. Uh, Brett poses a bit for the crowd, but in an angrier way than maybe he normally would. He's got one foot on the bottom rope, one foot on the middle rope, and he's just kind of looking at the crowd. He's not going to flip someone off at this stage as well. I don't think so yet. He does when he goes to the back later, but Brett seems to be contemplating his moment in in time at this point. Brett grabs Austin's leg and stomps the shit out of Austin's knee. 
Shamrock drags Brett off and throws Brett down and fronts up to him. Brett pops back to his feet, fronts up to Kenny, but Brett walks away to a chorus of boos. Brett flips off a few fans in the R way. As JR tells us, the fans are livid with Brett. And I'm like, oh, I don't know about that. They're about 50 50, in my opinion, but there's certainly some boos there. And then Austin does his hard man act. Well, this is one of the weirder bits for me because <laughs> Babyface Austin now gets to his feet, helped by Mike Kyoda. And Austin gives the ref a stunner for no fucking reason. Like, what a dick. Good measure. <laughs> worse sell than Vince. Actually, no, it wasn't worse than Vince, but a pretty shitty yeah, sell of the stunner. Yeah, sure. Austin sells the knee as he hobbles to the back and some loud Austin chants, like some really loud Austin chants for the first time, I'd say. Yep. But I like the fact he refused help. I said it's a bit odd that he's a heel. But you know, this this was the moment. This was the elevation of Austin. And um and I think I think on the next pay view we might get these guys again. So it'll be interesting to see how the dynamic shifts. Absolutely. Especially kind of from now until September as well, to see how these two progress and where they go is gonna be very interesting. Yeah. Especially Austin, man. We know we kinda of know where Brett goes. That's kind of part of the story we're trying to work out, you know. But Austin, I'm I'm not entirely sure through most of 97. I know what happens after Survivor Series up until around, you know, March 98 where we get WrestleMania 14. But those six months in between, I think are going to be very interesting. Yeah, I can't wait to see where he goes. As you said, I don't recall much of what he did in this stage. It's going to be good. As he's heading to the back, Vince is literally verbally sucking him off. He's just like, oh, Austin's so strong. He's so tough. He basically won the match tonight. <laughs> he's just like, no, he lost. But you okay. don't understand the rules, Vince. <laughs> yeah. Can you ask to say on this? It's, it's really fucking good, man. No, I mean, I think the main thing for us is what happens in the main. Yeah, sure. So Todd Pettengill backstage with the nation, all of the nation, Farouk says, they've got weapons. Farouk Anon cuts a promo on Ahmed. He's got the kitchen sink, apparently. Which is interesting, considering what happens when the LED make their entrance. Boo, Lo Brown. And yeah. I like the fact that you've got D'Lo Brown, Clarence Mason are still there, PG-13 are there. And this should have been... right. I was, I was looking forward to Ahmed versus Farouk. Not from a wrestling standpoint, just to watch Farouk beat the shit out of him. I wonder yeah. if there was like a... Here's, for health and safety purposes, we need to get LOD. And I suppose if you've re-signed LOD, you want them on your mania card. Uh-huh. It's almost like they could have been wrestling, you know, <laughs> Owen and Bulldog for the belts. No, because someone would have had to lose. Yeah, exactly. But no, you could do a counter or, a, you know. <laughs> no, the LOD wouldn't have sold out for any of that shit. <laughs> they did it anyway. This doesn't matter. It could have been the LOD or whatever. It's fine. So it's a six-man tag team, Chicago Street Fight, suburban Chicago Street Fight, it should be called, of... The Legion of Johnson, <laughs> Road Warrior Animal, Road Warrior Hawk, and Ahmed Johnson. Road Warrior the- Johnson. <laughs> versus the Nation of Domination. Uh, we've got Crush, Farouk Anon, and Savio Vega. They are accompanied by Clarence Mason, D'Lo Brown, JC Ice, Wolfie D, and a couple of other lads. In total, there are 11 Nation members at ringside. Rightly so, because sure. they've bought the Legion of Doom back. There are at least 43 wrestlers. <laughs> I mean, I've written down my question, which I tweeted out earlier. Will Farouk finally smash the fuck out of Road Warrior Johnson? It's interesting viewing this, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, LOD come out with Johnson. They do their Black Fist, Black Fist power of entrance thing. 
I said, I can say words. What do you mean? Black Power Fist of Entrance thing, which is very strange. That's the other Everyone loves a bit of Black Fist thing. So Hawk, after fucking Farouk's promo about how he's got the kitchen sink, Hawk walks out with a kitchen sink. Oh, what a good joke. But what about the promo? Was fucking stupid. Um, I've only got a couple of bits noted down here because it's just fucking mayhem. Stupid. Stupid. This was stupid. Stupid, stupid, stupid. Yeah. I would ask you to go through it a bit, but you sound like you're dying a little bit. Are you all right? I mean, like, the finish is shit. We don't even get the right person getting fit. They try and hang Farouken on. Mate, there's so, like three lynchings in this match. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's very uncomfortable to watch at times. It's just silly. <laughs> <laughs> so they've got a powder fire extinguisher, which is like they keep using it ringside and people just keep getting choked out. Like, there's a bit on commentary where they, they use this fire extinguisher right next to them. You can hear JR like dying on commentary like that sounds right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's It's unfortunate, man. Uh, yeah, so Savio and Dilo attempt to lynch Ahmed Johnson while Hawk just does spots and doesn't even give a shit about Ahmed. Uh, Farouk lynches Hawk later on. We get a doomsday to crush. <laughs> Animal then Irish whips Crush into a plank of wood that Hawk and Ahmed are kind of holding. Hawk is not paying attention, which gets the one, two, three. <laughs> like, what the fuck was that finish? So Farouk doesn't even get pinned. Ahmed Johnson doesn't get involved solely in the pin. Yeah, what a waste crushes. of six months of build. Yeah, there's barely any Farouk and um, Ahmed Johnson here. There's one or two moments where Ahmed kind of like, you know, botches stuff to Farouk, pushing him outside the ring and stuff. Which I think maybe could be the cause of why Farouk gets so annoyed with Ahmed Johnson. I think maybe he injured um, Farouk during this match. But I mean, I he wasn't we'll safe out. with him, was he? He wasn't safe at all. No, there's a bit where post-match after um, LOD get the win and they pin Crush, uh, the two LOD lads pick up JC Ice and Wolfie D into doomsday positions and Ahmed comes <laughs> off the top with the two clotheslines and these lads fall on their necks and shoulders. It's fucking horrible. It's not safe, but then that's classic LOD. Yeah. Really, this this match has nothing to say. It's just... It's 10 minutes of just... Brawling. Walk and brawl. Yeah, there's not even like really high spots to note down or anything. No one jumps. No, other than the Doomsday device. Yeah, sure. Everyone loves a Doomsday, but mm. I don't that giant D. disappointment because we've been looking forward to that for fucking months and it was shit. Was <laughs> it's time awful. for your main event of the evening, which happened a match ago. Uh, but really, so Sean makes his entrance, uh, getting annoyed with the fans holding his hands and dragging him about. Understandably, they're kind of being dicks, to be totally honest. Yeah, but you know, he lost his smile. They're just checking he's got it back. Absolutely. Uh, Sean looks quite unimpressed with the events that have happened this evening. Trust me, we all are, mate. Uh, Vince calls it a love fest between Sean Michaels and these fans. I'm not sure I'd agree with that. It's fucking ridiculous. Why is he even here? Yeah. Sean gets the in-ring pyro and poses. Did you notice how he sold the knee? Bants, isn't it? He's not even wrestling. He's got pyro. <laughs> Makes he me so goes- cross. He goes to do the pose and goes, oh, my knee's a bit tender. Wink, wink. <laughs> Piece of shit. Unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. And it's great he's on the main... So he's managed to get his way into a main event of Mania by being on commentary. Yep. 
So backstage, Todd Pettengill, still in his purple fucking tuxedo, is interviewing Sid. Do you think you've got the the throat to do the Sid here? Or should you want me to do? I think I can. That's right. Avatar. The master in the universe of the universe and the world. Darkness, Undertaker, blah, 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 blah. No one afraid, Undertaker. <laughs> Put the plane into a nosedive, Hulk Hogan. Hey, he's on that level, but like, I think Warrior might have been more legible. Like, more oh, yeah, definitely. Than Sid. Sid's fucking whispering shit is so quiet. You, the mics aren't picking it up. Like, you're just not hearing I turned the volume him. up and still couldn't even hear him. Yeah, it's fucking atrocious. But I mean, it's, he's consistent at least. Love a Sid promo. <laughs> With 30 minutes left on the show, it's our WF World Heavyweight Championship no disqualification match. Since when was it no DQ? Fuck me. Gorilla of, Monsoon, you've got a lot to answer for at this show. <laughs> of Psycho Sid, spelled S-Y-C-H-O, because of course it is, versus The Undertaker. Uh, we get a nice nice baby pa- blah, a nice baby face pop for Taker's entrance. Um, Sid, well, he won a slammy for his entrance. Oh, he did indeed. And his music and his tattoo, I think. Right? Exactly. Everyone came to see his tattoo. Three slammy Undertaker. Doesn't even bring him to the ring with him. What's the point? Just doesn't respect the trophy, mate. It's like the League Cup. Yeah. You should listen to Owen. Owen gets it. To be fair, the League Cup is a bunch of shit, though, isn't it? Yeah, obviously. We haven't talked about football, have we, Tex? I'm too ill to talk about football, Rich. Sorry, let's move on. Are you sure you don't want to talk about it? Oh, no, I'm so very ill. Fucking stupid f- sport. That day, it's great. Tottenham it? I lost. Love sport. <laughs> Tottenham lost. I got fucking rinsed at a blood bowl tournament. I was that stupid Toga Cup. Hmm. But I won an award, Rich. I've got a trophy in my trophy cabinet. That's Twenty one more than years. <laughs> Twenty years. I did not win a title in wrestling. Twenty years. I've done wrestling on and off. Six uh-huh. months in blood bowl. I won the Nice Pete Award for niceness. Oh, I saw that. Actually, that was really lovely. Yeah, you are. Which very is nice probably because fair. everyone's like, "This guy let us beat him, get loads of superstar <laughs> player points, and he didn't complain Ogus about to the it." Tournament. Yeah, you exactly. Ogus. <laughs> but they're called Barcelona. So that's funny as fuck. FC Barcelona, Diogo <laughs> yeah, Maradona, okay. Fat Ronaldo, Pep Guardiola, yeah. all the best. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But think, back to uh, this fucking shit show. Do you think so, uh, William Saliba's emptied his pocket and find Hurricane yet? <laughs> I fucking loved it when he was on loan. <laughs> <laughs> was it was Sun playing? I'm not sure because I didn't see him do anything. <laughs> I'll stop. I'll stop. Okay, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Wrestling. Kick him out while he's down. <laughs> uh, so the bell rings. Brett walks out, and I'm like, "What the fuck?" Brett gets in the ring, grabs the mic, and cuts this promo. What's this? John, Yo. first of all, you phony little faker, why don't you all right, take all right, your little pussyfoot injury? No, no, no. Right. no. I'm not going anywhere. And go no. back and find no. your smile, but whatever you do, stay out of this match. I'm so scared. But as for you, I just I'm want petrified. you to know, when you slam that door on my head, you slammed the door in our friendship, and from here on in, it's a new set of rules Your between you and me. Oh my, I can't remember the last time Brett was anybody's friend. And you, <laughs> you know, and I know, and every single person in this building 
No, he said he's a crybaby. The one thing that that World Wrestling Federation Championship belt belongs to me, and you are a fraud. Well, it looks like Brett. That belt never belonged to you, and you know it, and I know it, and every single person in this building, whether you're here or outside of TV land, you all know that I am the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. So Brett says to Sean, because Sean isn't even in the match, <laughs> but Brett has to address him. You phony little faker, take your pussy for injury and go back and find your smiles. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah, Brett. Baby face, baby face, baby face. So oh, good. I love it. It's so amazing, you phony Angry little faker. Is <laughs> he is shooting from the hip, dude. I I I I wonder if he was even allowed to go out. And then then the best part of that promo was when it was like to the Undertaker, and you and me, we're not friends anymore. And the Undertaker was like, <laughs> couldn't give two fucks. <laughs> this is my main event, motherfucker. What are you doing out here? He's like, Yo, Sean, go get your fucking baby face back and your smile, you cunt. Fuck off. <laughs> so good, man. I love Cockney Bret Hart. He's my favorite. It's you phony little faker. Take your pussy for injury and go back and find your smile. He's so coming down good. here. You fucking smile. Oh. <coughs> oh, so funny, man. So Vince is holding Sean back by giving him a cuddle. He's like, I think Vince- don't go anywhere. I'm not going anywhere, Vince. Yeah. Wah, wah, wah. I mean, obviously we just heard it, but fuck me. Yeah, fucking A. Brett shits all over Sid and Taker. This is the real heel turn here. Uh, Sid gives Brett a power bomb for his measure. Sid grabs the mic. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I managed to get something which I think he said, take your whiny ass out of here. And so we're really going down this route of Brett's a little crybaby whiny bitch. Well, it's America versus Canada. Yeah, sure. Uh, take a jump Sid from behind because he's a baby face am I right yep loves anal <laughs> brutal uh, Brett helped to the back by the officials the star of the show uh, 20 minutes until the end of the show this took 10 minutes <laughs> I mean I'm glad it did only take 10 yeah sure I think most of it was Undertaker's entrance to be totally fair but Brett certainly um, yeah cut a decent size promo that's for sure but uh, it set the scene and again in a way really did shit mm-hmm. on this main event because like yeah you guys are worthless and your main event in mania and that prick sat there and he fucked up all the plans this should be my spot absolutely i have no fucking clue what they're thinking having brett coming out to do this apart from what happens at the end of the match just st- stupid shit yep there's which no makes me think brett to do this promo. how much was planned yeah, can you imagine if Brett's going to business for himself here? He's just like, fuck it. I'm I fucking hope he is. Shit on all of them. <laughs> they promised me five years and billions of pounds, and now I'm having to go to fucking WCW and work for that cunt. I've been enjoying watching some old Nitro. I know we're near time, but I'm working through Nitro from 1998 after watching uh, Uncensored 98. Nice. It is a fun time quite the time. It's it's full of bullshit, but it's very let's cut lengthy promos about how much we love ourselves in the NWO. One of them fire, one of them ice. Yeah, are they Get still it? there? No, sadly not. Oh, I wish they were. <laughs> it should be on every show, like the Beverly's. That's uh, that's the oh, time I, period. As a side note, I'm equally yeah. disappointed because I had a gift for you. Oh, really? I had, a, I had a little surprise for you that I have found 
on the on the on the line. So uh, next time you come over to do a pod in person, I have a little gift for you. Okay. Do you want to wait till then, or do you want to do some sort of virtual? Oh no, no, I have I have to get. It's a physical gift. Okay. All right. Okay. You could send me like a photo of this physical. No, gift, no, no. Example. I need the physical gift. Okay, that's fine. Uh, right. So. 20 minutes till the end of the show okay the match has started takers jumped sid and we get a bear hug by sid that lasts 19 five hours <laughs> <laughs> sid slams taker onto the smash announce table no disqualification what are the rules arriba burrito burrito indeed chris waddle if i'm being generous sid is working over takers back if i'm being very fucking generous Okay. He's he's certainly clubbing in that behind the Undertaker. Sure. Sid locks in the camel clutch on a show that has the Sultan and Sheik using it as their fucking finisher. <laughs> Walk and or brawl. Uh, uh, this best thing though, like this camel clutch. Yeah. Sid's clearly not putting any talk into Undertaker because he turns into no. a turtle, his neck disappears, his shoulders pull up to make it look like he's pulling. It's yeah. fucking atrocious. Yep. Sid puts Taker in a chin lock that lasts for seven hours. Taker puts Sid in a Vulcan nerve grip that lasts for ten hours. Leave that trapezius hold out of this. The Mongolian claw <laughs> is important. Twenty minutes, remember? <laughs> We're already like nineteen hours into this match, as far as I'm concerned. I had a bit of brawl outside as well. Yeah, I, I mentioned walk and brawl. There's, there's a bit of that because we haven't had enough of that for the past two matches. <sighs> the last match was just walk and brawl. Brett and Austin did probably 50% walk and brawl in their match. And this main event is just shit. Chin locks the last forever <laughs> and walk and brawl. It's big lad wrestling. <laughs> fucking hell. Both lads nail the big boot, double down. You're like, okay. Here we go. Let's see how they finish it. This could be good, right? It's Undertaker and Sid. Gonna be a thing of beauty. <sighs> right. Here we go, everybody. Main event, WrestleMania 13. <laughs> Sid bloody loves an axe handle off Brett's rope. <laughs> There's like four of them. It's fucking terrible. At least Sid he hits them. Flair doesn't. Yeah, fucking A. Sid up top. Taker sits up, crotches Sid. DQ? No? Just kicked him in the ball. Well, no, it's no disqualification. Gorilla Monsoon said oh, it was. You, you're right. You are absolutely right. I apologize. Power slam off the top leads us towards the finish. I hope. Uh, Sid reverses the tombstone attempt and hits a tombstone of his own on The Undertaker. Oh, and it was hurty. Oh, it was very hurty. Taker's head was significantly beneath Sid's knees. Uh, do you notice the Taker didn't hold on at all? No. He was like literally just like flailing as he got tombstone. I'm like, dude, it's Sid. Do you not want to hold on to save your fucking neck? It was probably so he could actually tuck his chin and like cradle on his way yeah. down. If he was holding on to anything else. Stick his chin right in Sid's bollocks, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so Sid hits the tombstone on The Undertaker away from the hard cam, because of course. Don't get me started on people that don't know how to work the fucking hard cam tax. Jesus Christ, that show I edited the other day, I could have fucking killed some of them. Anyway, so <laughs> I tell you what, the best two people that work the hard cam, this may give away which show I edited, but fuck it, I don't care. Uh, Mickey James. No, no, is no, a no, fucking- no, 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 don't do it. 
I can say Mickey, Mickey James has been on plenty of shows recently. I, could be I love Mickey James. Uh, Mickey James is maybe the best worker on the entire show. She barely did anything and worked the hard cam the entire time. And it was 10 times more entertaining than most of what people did. I'll just say that. Mickey James was really fucking awesome. Uh, really a pleasure to edit. Like, just gets it. Constantly got in the ring, looked at the hard cam, did a submission looking in the hard cam, did a taunt looking in the hard cam. And I'm like, fucking A, you get it. Anyway, Mickey James will always be one of my favourite WrestleMania moments and very private moments of when she fingered Trish Stratus. <laughs> I mean, still, still, she, she did after, that at the show. <laughs> did she? Yeah, amazing. Because genuinely, I can't wait until we do the fingering of Doom. That run of shows is going to yeah. be great. Well, maybe that time period has not been kind over to us over the years of podcasts, but that's no, fun but stuff there. It's got a good. I mean, I can imagine what the thumbnail would have looked like. Yeah, sure. Kevin Sullivan well, with a finger up his ass in the dungeon of doom. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I'd prefer to do that story if I'm totally honest. Oh, what this one is. D- genuinely, let's fucking do the dungeon of doom after this. We've kind of done it already, though. That's no, my son. <laughs> yeah, we've kind of done that. No, there must be bigger build to that. There must be at least thirty <laughs> episodes we can build on that. There is. Anyway, there's a whole. Let's, let, let's go to but, the uh, yeah. the finish right. of this. So, so Sid hits the tombstone right, away from the hard cam because he's a dickhead. And Sid even does take his shitty pinfall. So take a kicks out of two. I don't know why he has to do the pinfall, but I guess yeah, he's hook the leg, the you prick. It's mania. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Sid uh, and Taker on the outside. Brett comes out to wail on Sid with a chair. Right? The officials drag Brett away. Undertaker doesn't seem to give a shit about this. He goes Pat back Patterson to the grabs a handful. Stuff. Yeah, fucking A. Uh, Vince calls Brett a loser. And I'm like, didn't he win? <laughs> Pretty sure he won. Anyway, uh, choke slam by The Undertaker. Sid kicks out. Boo. Sid ducks the diving clothesline and has Taker set up for the powerbomb. So has the match won at this point. Sid is obviously going to win. Brett comes back out. To give Sid a stunner on the ropes, like the neckbreaker thing. Guillotine you know neckbreaker. I mean? There you go. Sid turns around right into an Undertaker tombstone for the one, two, three. Classic Mania main event. Talks of, watched all the time. And this is the reason why, Rich, you say, I don't ever recall watching this show because other than the end of Austin versus Brett, there is nothing, nothing memorable about this show. We'll remember the ragdolling because that was in the now. We will not come back to this in 20 years' time and go, oh, I remember when China used to ragdoll Marlena. <laughs> Marlena, yeah. One of the worst WrestleManias of all time. It's an absolute shit show. Had it, it not been for the iconic one... moment yeah. at the end of Austin Brett, this would have been... I mean, I dr- they probably wouldn't have even put this on the network. Yeah, man, 96, 97 have been so much fun. I've loved doing these roars. I've loved all the random pay-per-view bullshit we've gone through and stuff. It's been really, really fun. This should have been good. And it's fucking dreadful. It's really, really bad. It's almost like having someone refuse to do the honours four weeks before a pay-per-view or however many weeks before a pay-per-view fucked up plans. So we're just 100% putting this all on uh, Sean's shoulders, yeah? I mean, the, the whole show itself was booked to shit. And let, no, no, don't get me wrong. We would probably end up with Brett Sean. Maybe it would have been Sid versus, I don't know, maybe, sorry, um, Sid versus Mankind, Austin versus Taker, maybe. 
Yeah, maybe. Who knows? But again, it's that amazing line of events. Without this match, would have Austin ever got over as much as he did? Would the business have ever been able to to build on it? And again, whilst it is Sean's fault, for all that this show was shit, as we've said before, Brett versus Austin was great storytelling from a performer standpoint. But the end set the trend for the trajectory of the business for the next few years by giving people a galt hero. But everyone else working this card were fucking useless. Oh, other than Owen. Yeah, pretty much, dude. Um, it's Fink announces Taker as the new World Heavyweight Champion. Uh, Taker celebrates his immensely hollow victory. Commentary are putting over the victory like Brett wasn't completely responsible for Taker winning the match. I mean, Sid had Taker beat, right? The powerbomb, that's the point. Yep. We're trying to keep him strong, et cetera, et cetera. Then Brett came out, ruined it for everyone. They even give Taker the black lights and the thunder and all that sort of stuff as he posed with the strap and we're out of here. That's the end of the show. Like, it's it's not as bad as WrestleMania 9, but it's pretty fucking close. The interesting thing of this mania, I know people have never said it, they go, oh, it wasn't really until 21 he wrestled Orton they realized he was undefeated. No, no. JR said it on commentary. The Undertaker is undefeated at WrestleMania. He said it on this show. Yeah, I think JR's the kind of person during this time period that's definitely doing his research. Shame Glad he doesn't you do it in AEW now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of the first things I'd change is get JR off, off commentary. Off well, they've tried. But anyway, I, don't, I, don't, well, I know we've run long, but we don't want to... Uh... So, the Brett Sean storyline... That's the most interesting part because this is the part from Mania 13 I'd forgotten about. I, f- I knew that I remember the Austin Brett. I remember parts of the main event, but I didn't recall Brett coming out cutting a promo. I didn't recall Brett interfering at the end. And I knew Sean was on commentary, but I, yeah, I didn't remember their interaction. So for me, this was really refreshing because I'd completely forgotten this part of the story existed. And you said, shoot from the hip Brett Hart on a promo. This was delightful. Yeah. Maybe not after the bells rung for the main event of WrestleMania, though. I mean, I had to do something. <laughs> rest hold. Nothing wrong with rest hold. Obviously, remember wrestlers. But fuck me in the main event of Mania, and you're doing, like, a Mongolian death grip. Does, does it make any fucking sense, from Vince McMahon's perspective, to have Brett come out and do all this? He's trying to get rid of Brett, right? He wants Brett to fuck off to WCW so we can stop paying him. I mean, I suppose the plan for the next pay-per-view is going to be um, Austin versus Brett again. So you really want to establish Brett as a, a whiny, healy character. But that's the only thing this can do. And obviously keep the keep shitting over Brett because Sean's there going, Sean's here, Sean's here. Yeah. I'm not sure Vince Man has a fucking clue what he's doing. No, and that's why Russo was brought in. I mean, that would make sense, I guess. And I'm very interested to see where we go over the next however many months. So March, uh, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, and then like two months after that. So we've got seven months, about seven or eight months to get through now. Uh, And we're going to do some real solid runs of like Raw, especially as we get closer and closer to uh, Survivor Series 97, where this run will end, obviously. Um, The products felt very very attitude era yeah this this show not so much this show felt like um 
bad new gen mixed with we don't know what the fuck we're doing just throw it together last minute and i guess a lot of that is sean's fault because when you change the main event from brett and sean and you have to like rejig it but you don't want to put brett in that main event and you want to do the story with austin it does mean that everything beneath that has to be rejigged as well and i feel that yeah vince was probably so focused on this main event scene and dealing with all these fucking egotistical dickheads and like you know no one wanted to put anyone over the amount of fucking roll-ups and bullshit finishes on the show is unbelievable for wrestlemania still like got sultan versus rocky <laughs> which has a bunch of bullshit associated with it. It's just a roll-up and then a bunch of beatdowns and, you know, the run-ins at the end and stuff. Even that, I wouldn't consider clean necessarily. No. Um, really, there is one match that has a clean... Well, one... Yeah, I guess you can't consider the street fight clean because there's loads of people getting interfered and stuff. And they pinned him with a two-by-four. Yeah, sure. You had a roll-up from Rocky and then you had the Triple really, H. Goldust and Triple H is the clean... The only clean one here. And, the, and that is still involved distractions and schmoz. Yeah. How would you cornflake rate this show? This is one. Yeah. Like, it's one, because it would be zero if it's not for Bretton Austin. And that's weird, because that's like probably a four-star match, right? If it wasn't for Bretton Austin, would have this been worse than WrestleMania 9? Yes. 100% agree. Because WrestleMania 9 was silly and fun and ridiculous and had so much bullshit at the end. It was kind of <laughs> hilariously wank. Now, this is just kind of boring <laughs> to be totally honest i enjoyed brett's promo at the end i will say but like you said this this was three hours of of content for about six minutes of promo and interest yeah. and it just wasn't worth it just wasn't worth the time it's the first time that i've agreed that the um, the end of the new gen which i guess this would be is bad I usually love New Gen and I have the best time watching it. I fucking really struggled with this show. Like I fell asleep halfway through it, as I said, you know, in a yeah, fucking Owen and Bulldog match. It was it was a shame, but it has left us with the next stage of HBK and Brett. I think yeah, sure. you know what we're getting towards. So we're we're going to cover sort of between now and SummerSlam '97, where there's more interaction between Brett and Sean. But uh, yeah. I'm still enjoying it. As you said, like, new gen is the best period of time. Just this WrestleMania was absolute dog shit. Absolutely. So, just to give you the rundown of what we're going to be doing next, lovely listener, uh, we're going to do March 24th. I'm just going to run through the uh, the notes I have for each episode and stuff rather than go through it all, okay? So, we've got some Sean and Brett confrontations, some, how do we put this, foundation stuff building, <laughs> which nice. I think is going to be fun. And then we have a few more confrontations and some major, major quotes coming up in the next like four weeks. And then we have the hair pulling fight, which if you don't know about, that's going to be a hell of a fucking episode. Cannot wait. Because I don't think Sean and Brett are on that show, but the backstage story is, oh, that's what I've been looking forward to for months now. And then we have like a solid run from SummerSlam all the way through like, uh, you know, the Birmingham show. We get Sean maybe being a bad guy a bit more here and there. Bad blood, which I'm desperate to see again. I haven't seen that in a long time. And then all the roars leading right through to Survivor Series 97, where obviously we all know what happens, but I'm very interested to see how we get there, dude. I can't bloody wait. Yeah, This has been a lot of fun. I'm really glad I did this. Apologies, uh, listener, for the terrible croaky and coughing, but I love Mania. 
even though when it's shit, this run, I said finding these little nuggets that I'd forgotten about in HPK to Brett, the road to Montreal, it's been really, really awesome. And more importantly, you know, tell us if you enjoy it. Find us on Twitter at World of Rest Pod. Uh, you can find me at the Tex Williams. Once my cough has recovered, I'll be recording commentary for Pro Wrestling All Stars all aboard Yay. the party train as they had their first show back in over two and a half years. And including stars like Tristan Eichner, Rami Romeo, oh my God, Scotty Valentine, who I'm going to beat for that fucking Daredevil title at some point. <laughs> I can't <laughs> cool, wait. Man. Steve Venom on the card as the host. You know, it's an absolutely banging show. So, <laughs> excuse me. So we will share that once it's available for everyone to watch where can people find your work and your awesome editing skills uh on fight tv apparently <laughs> i can't say what i can't say what though how annoying you probably know by this point anyway uh yeah at editing bound for glory there's a couple of like their people on the show i can't say fuck who knows All right at fanboy rich on the old twitter machine and obviously across rush store parts of my own and i'm editing board game club for no rose bard this week so go watch that and leave a lovely comment about how great my editing is awesome thanks very much everyone <laughs> i'm well gonna go curl up through, and die <laughs> yeah well done for powering through i awesome. really appreciate it dude good to get this done and we'll see you next week everyone for let's uh which episode is it just to let everyone know Did you say 24th out. of march there we go 24th of march 1997 raw where sean will confront brett's heart it's a good it's a good year it's a good year for brett and sean <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. Whoa, whoa. WrestleMania. And this is our last. Pump it up, pump it up, pump it up. Bye. Phony little faker, why don't you all right, take all right, your little pussyfoot injury? No, no, no. It's all right. No, no. I'm not going anywhere. And go no. back and find no. your smile. Pussyfoot injury. Phony little faker. Pussyfoot injury. Go back and find your smile. The louder you guys are, the better the wrestlers will perform for you tonight. And that's why I kicked your leg out of your leg. We're tough. We can take it, baby. You got to penetrate in the back, in the back, baby. Oh, I can see what you talk. Wait just a minute. Yeah, yeah, another day. Dedicate money talk. Oh! And I don't pose too well for uh, girly books. This is bullshit.